The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Tony Darn, and not to it but to do it, brother. Let's... In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Hop in the van, Panther fans. We're headed to Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. That's right, where we get to go and get excited about men in underwear doing athletic things as we continue to follow the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, and I can't wait to hear what Scott Fitterer's got to say at the Combine, those little interviews where we get with Frank Reich between days at the Combine. And I sort of can't wait for Cody Lashney to tell me, oh, look at this good-looking man over there. Look at that fine fellow in those on that <laughs> underwear. We should really court him and take him home to Carolina. Cody Lashney, welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. Oh, Tony, it's that time of year. And the Panthers are open for business, baby. Look, we have so much to talk about. Hey, you started it. Look, we have so much to talk about, man. The uh, combine is underway. And, man, we have so many different things to discuss. Bryce Young choosing not to throw at the combine, not do anything until his pro day. We have a fantastic guest coming on tonight, Joe DeLeon, to talk about all things draft. We're here to talk about Adrian Wilson being hired to the front office. So many things to talk about. Even something about the Panthers potentially trading up to number three for Anthony Richardson. Whoa, what are we doing, man? We have nothing else to it but to do it. And you know we're going to do it with the best damn Panther fans and all of YouTube, Tony Dunn. You know I'm in love with We got nine lives killed. Algernon Ramsour, our guy Drew, Joey the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Craig Hartner, Dan Floyd, D's Ill Skills, Joshua Hall, Lawrence Trevette, Lynn Widener, what's up, Lynn? Matt knows nothing. Smells like blue. Steven Veach, Supreme Leader Z, the Cardiac Cat, Tim Estes, Underground West. And your bastard son, White Chocolate Espresso. Tony Dunn, it's Tuesday night. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. It seems like my bastard son son comes over for dinner on Tuesdays and Fridays every week. And uh, now he's going to Indianapolis with us as we get ready for this combine. combine. And like you said, uh, interesting news to talk about. But this is the people's voice. This is the podcast that is really... The chat, the people that call in at 252-228-5098, 
There's people that go and hang out in Discord. And uh, the discussion is this. It's Panther fans being fanatic. We're professional football fans, not football experts. And I'm here with my man, CK, who has some really professional pipes. You know, uh, you could say that, but uh, I'm not doing it professionally other than what we're doing here. So uh, well, we'll yes, you are. Um, I'm I'm happy to be here and talking about it with the boys, talking about what we're going to be expecting uh, this coming weekend. A lot of news, a lot of uh, discussions to be had around uh, the the potential quarterback carousel going on in the NFL uh, and what that means for the Panthers. It's going to be a. could be a spicy uh, episode tonight, boys. So I'm I'm ready to sit back with my popcorn and watch uh, watch the battle commence, and maybe uh, put my two cents in as we go. Did you know that uh, the there's a new emoji for the C3 super fans, Greg? Uh, I made a tinfoil hat emoji. You can nice. put in tinfoil, and it is I think it's what is it? Wasn't it Joaquin Phoenix from Signs? When he's sitting on the couch with the little girl and that got the tinfoil from signs, you guys can check that out. But that's for Greg, uh, the stat daddy, the bat daddy, and also uh, the most suspicious of the group. Uh, welcome back. And did you know that we hit 5,000 followers on YouTube? And I saw he's got some background noise going on. Yeah, sorry. That's the uh, the pup, real quick. I got a, got a new puppy in the house, and she's uh, she's she's getting a little ruckus going on right now. But um, yeah, I saw the five thousand, and that's absolutely amazing. And that's one hundred percent the fans. Uh, it's fantastic that we have five thousand people that want to subscribe and listen to us just talk bullshit about football, which is really cool. Uh, but I do thank everybody for that, and uh, it's a big number to hit. Like uh, we hit it pretty quickly too. Based yeah, on, well, you know, you know like, we're slow and steady. We climb Mount Everest. We put the flag, but we're going to the moon, Cody. And uh, one of the things somebody told me that Miranda was my wife. She was, you know, one of those like she's scrolling through her phone and she starts just giggling like crazy. And uh, just what Greg was saying about the dogs. She said, man, this meme says somebody should invent an alarm clock where the sound is a dog about to throw up. <laughs> you know, and it's like your ass right. be out of bed in two seconds i gonna get you up pretty quick yeah is that you hear that throw up you're like this Dude, i've yeah. woken up one day to my cat pissing on an electrical socket oh gosh dude yeah. i i i, I heard that it. cat uh thank god it woke well it's not with us any longer you but. mean general <laughs> is that how it go- yeah. is that how it went is that how that cat uh, no moved? no 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 and actually no it's a different cat oh. no this one uh sadly is the far stupider one but uh, uh yeah no she's uh she's still with us and hopefully not uh did it look like that cartoon anymore. you remember in cartoons where the cat Dude, I would literally get heard it. and and it was eats. it was during the winter and it was like icing outside so i thought i was hearing like sleet hit the window but no, it was the fucking outlet zapping for her <laughs> pissing on it, dude. Uh, uh, crazy times. Anyway, Panther. but don't don't pee in outlets uh, because that would be shocking. And what would the shocking? What would it be shocking for the Panthers? Let's get into some Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Let's it's the it. two, 2023 NFL Combine show where we're going to talk a little bit. We'll talk a lot. We're going to save that Combine talk for our guests. 
let's get into the latest news where the Carolina Panthers, what's up first, Cody? Yeah, so now we know officially that Derek Carr will be meeting with the Carolina Panthers at the Combine. This is amongst other teams. He's also meeting with the Jets and the Saints, and people have been talking a lot about this. And this it brings me to my first point, really, Tony, is that I don't even think the Panthers have a clear idea what they want to do yet. We're kind of just um, basically doing our due diligence, looking at all of the different steps that we might have to take to fill the quarterback position. Um, and Derek Carr, I mean, listen, he might not be your favorite option for the Carolina Panthers, but he's certainly a better option than I think we've had on the market before. Um, I still wouldn't put this as very likely in my own opinion, but there are a lot of Panther fans who think that we could do a lot worse than Derek Carr. Um, and then just to make this a well-rounded discussion, Peter King is reporting that the Panthers uh, are not interested in trading for a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr. So we're kind of left to speculate, is this due diligence? Do they have actual interest in Derek Carr? Um, How does this guy know for, I mean, like, I know he's an insider, Peter King, and we know him from being the dude that um, made a big deal out of Cam Newton, say he wanted, wanted to be an icon, but you just have, you have reports that the Carolina Panthers are meeting with Derek Carr. How can you go ahead and say you're not interested? Basically, this sounds like, hey. Um, it doesn't make as much sense from the outside. So I'm going to say that the Panthers aren't really that interested. Cody, let's start with Derek Carr. I don't know how I feel about it. Is that the, in one sense, uh, I've I've been very supportive of the idea of that it's a necessity to walk into next season with a veteran. It would be malpractice not to who that veteran is. I don't want to overly fight about it. Is it Sam Darnold? Is it, uh, Derek Carr or as the commanders we'll see later on. And when we get to the news released Carson Wentz at some point, they're going to have to put somebody in there who has taken NFL snaps before, right? It's just at least to go into camp. That doesn't mean they're going to be the starter. It doesn't mean anything like that. So on one hand, I understand that dynamic, on the other hand, when that does happen, whoever it is, we're going to get into that relentless cycle of, is this a mistake? Is this the bri- a failed bridge? Then you got yeah. the Frank Reich storyline of, of doing, that was his problem in Indianapolis, where you go from Forset to whatever. He went through the list of all those guys, yeah. and then back to Carson Wentz. So if this happens... I kind of think it would be for the benefit of the Carolina Panthers. Like, I think they would get better with Derek Carr, but I'm also slightly intimidated by, is this the first part where we get, like, the unknown of the new coaching staff? Like, is it a mistake? Is it right? Is it blah, blah, blah? Should they get Derek Carr? Well, I mean, it depends on what you're expecting. So, for example, if you, you know, everybody has their eyes on the draft right now, and rightfully so, we're getting ready to talk about the combine and all the big four, minus Bryce Young, are going to participate in some way. But here's the deal if I'm just being very honest with you, I think Derek Carr 
is much likely to be a better starting quarterback next season for the Panthers than Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. And that's not to say oh, that. Oh, no, those, I think you got to get right, those guys. But, and I'm not even saying that those guys can't end up being good quarterbacks. But if you're drafting Anthony Richardson or Will Levis this year and expecting them to come in and be ready to lead this offense on a deep playoff push, I, I don't know. That doesn't seem very likely to me. I think out of all of your free agent options, Derek Carr makes the most sense on that front. But a lot of people have what about problems Dar- with Sam Darnold? Well, and see, this is where we have to talk about it. Because even though he's the best free agent option on the market, Derek Carr, uh, he's probably going to be the most expensive as well. And then at that point, you're asking, well, would you be willing to sign Derek Carr to a 30 to 35 million? I mean, maybe not 35, but yeah. I've been hearing no, 30 no, to 35 million to dollars that's a year. That's the money. That's the and money. For a, and for a lot of people, that's kind of too rich for their blood. And I understand that. Um, I don't know. It just depends on how much you want to give up if you think that you're ready to compete right now. The one thing I will tell you, fans are going to hate it unanimously because it's just going to seem like the Carolina Panthers doing the same thing year after year after year and expecting different results. Right. Uh, Let me turn it over to CK and Greg. You guys can go on this. If they were to get uh, Derek Carr, pick anybody, say bring back Darnold, whoever they get, they have to draft a quarterback Mm -hmm. anyway. And would you be comfortable drafting a quarterback and just saying this is we're going to walk into next season with that rookie, Matt Corral, and that's it? I feel like a a CK, Mm -hmm. is that like a necessary thing? If you get whoever you get, if you get a guy of somewhat of a name recognition with Derek Carr, you got to bring in a quarterback still in the draft. Could you reasonably go into 2023 with a rookie quarterback and Matt Corral? Would that be malpractice? I mean, I don't think anything at this point is malpractice uh, compared to what we've dealt with in the past. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, um, as Matt Rule would say, we're we're not going to go out and get uh Derek Carr and pay him 30 to 35 million dollars to be a bridge quarterback because he's going to get close to that sorry to say it that is going to be what he's going to cost um so we're not getting him no we're not going to get Derek Carr and then go and draft a guy like there's just no way like yeah that's what I think you should do I think you should do one year 35 million dollars and get your guy at nine or whatever and then say this not interested in being a bridge quarterback dude I agree like that is not his interest. Well, too right bad. Now. Guess what? He's not interested in being good either, really. Well, I will guess say what? This. The, the Jets will probably give him a long-term deal. Right. But right. also think about this, though. At now, all the talk is, because there's so many quarterback-needy teams, that we're pretty much – it's looking like we might have no choice but to move up in the draft – if we want a quarterback, mm-hmm. which I'm about to blow my lid on that later. I'll, I'll put the pause on that for right now and stay on subject. But the one positive side to Derek Carr is you're not giving up potentially two or three first round draft picks to sign him. You know, now, it's, okay. it's to your okay. free agency dollars. So then but- what, 
So is it rookie and rookies only, or is it rookie and Sam Darnold? And then pull up the next news note, Greg. Go ahead, answer that question. Is it rookie and rookies only? Uh, if you trade up, you have. And they're saying you have to play them. Right. I don't even think you should. Have. That's my point. Is I don't want to have to play them, even if you trade up. What do you do here, uh, Derek Carr? Your thoughts, and then we'll move on to the next topic. Well, here's the thing is there are two questions, and one is the rookies or rookies rookies and rookies only type question where I don't think that it's detrimental to a rookie quarterback if he's a guy you think is a first round, you know, that worth a top five pick, he should be able to start year one. Like I'm sorry, I just feel like you that that puts you in the level you should be able to start. So okay. we gotta ask ourselves a couple of questions. One is Derek Carr and what we're gonna pay for Derek Carr, should he sign a one year deal, which I'm in agreement with CK, I don't think he would. Is he worth that much more than just signing a Sam Darnold or going with a Matt Corral or so. playing a rookie quarterback? Because if he's not, like if we're going to end up with one or two more wins, still not make the playoffs and still not really make any noise, I don't see a point in signing Derek Carr. I would rather do the rookies and just let them play it out. We're sitting here advocating for Sam Darnold. That's what you guys are saying. <clears throat> he, he's and the best you know option, what? I'm I fine right with now. it. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Is Sam Darnold's. Matt Corral. Sam and, played and well down the stretch. I he don't did. care. He did. What Andy? People loved it. People loved it. People love to hate on Sam. I don't give a damn. I'm not saying he's the savior. I'm saying Make last year, at the end of the year, Sam Donald played the best football that we've ever seen him play, and I think he's more mobile than Derek Carr. I so I it. don't I think that, that should yeah. be off of the table. Yeah, I think Greg's uh, Greg. You've convinced me. No, uh, Derek Carr, and now we're gonna have to talk about the trade up, not right this second. What's next, Cody? Uh, yeah, so the Panthers made another new hire, man. We we just do not stop everyone that has a big name or that comes well recommended. The Panthers are interested in, man. So, a big front office move. The Panthers have hired Adrian Wilson as their new vice president of player personnel, the former co interim GM with the Arizona Cardinals beefs up the Carolina front office. So, yeah, I mean, we're giving uh, Fitterer some more more assistance, you know, giving him some extra guys in the front office. He's very well respected. Um, and some people are saying, hey, maybe this even increases the chances that the Panthers go look for a DeAndre Hopkins, somebody who Adrian Wilson <laughs> had experience bringing to Arizona in the first place. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. Uh, what do you guys make of this? I, I think it's a move that um, is, oh, it, it, again, it's not something, I don't think it's a needle mover, right? I, I It's fine that he's been put in the, the position, but um, I feel like with our coaching staff, and we tend to do this, and we can, you know, look back, and we could say that, you know, we've we've hyped up this coaching staff quite a bit. It's okay to say that this was an average hire. I don't think that yeah, this or a, like we don't even know. Right. And the idea of going and getting D hop, there's just no shot. Number one, we're not going to be able to afford him and pay the people that we have to worry about paying. And on top of that, you're talking about giving away draft assets to be able to go and get him. And guess what? We need those to trade up in the draft. Apparently like there's, there's just no shot. Deandre Hopkins. You can just get that out of your mind. He is not coming to Carolina. He's not going to be a Panther. Best of luck to wherever he decides to go or wherever he, uh, you know, I think he has a no uh, trade clause, whoever he waves his no trade clause to go to. 
but I can assure you he's not going to waive it to go to Carolina for a rookie quarterback. So, no, now uh, he actually doesn't have a say-so in where he's traded because of the PED thing. It waived his no-trade clause. Oh, so nice. Now, yeah, now he doesn't. Uh, I don't even want he, that. He, he, he doesn't get a say. Uh, but uh, on, on Adrian Wilson, uh, he was a standout uh, safety at NC State from 1998 to 2000 before being a third-round draft pick of the Cardinals and spending 12 seasons with the franchise. He retired as a player in 2015 and immediately joined the Cardinals as a scout, moving up to director of pro scouting in 2019 and being promoted to the VP of pro scouting in 2021. He served as the interim co-general manager of the Cardinals during the 2022 season after the firing of then GM Steve Keim. Can I talk about something real quick? Please. Like everybody on Twitter was losing their mind that we were able to hire this guy. Like it was this big, that is the most like basic resume I've ever seen of any court, like anybody. I, I don't understand why we're hype over this move. It's not, it's not, a, I'm not saying it's a bad move, but like there should be nobody in their right mind that's looking at this and saying, oh my God, the Panthers are cooking. That's just not what this hire means. That's not what this was like. He was yeah. promoted to the interim GM. He didn't even have the full interim GM position. He was a co-interim GM, right? So we're the on a like, high, bro. We're on a puppy love high. So I, know. Yeah. I know, and I don't mean to bring us back down to earth, but come on, no, not sure. every hire, not every hire is a is an absolute bombshell of a hire. He this might was be a, great. Who this knows? was a front office move that is a guy who's got an average resume. Like there's nothing that's telling or us this guy is coming I agree. And, and he's coming from a organization that has done horrendous things from a talent evaluation over the past two or three years. Like let's not let's not sweep this under the rug. They hired, I mean, they went and signed J.J. Watt injury-prone at the end of his career. They let go of Hassan Reddick while he was there in Arizona as well. Like these guys, And they decided to draft Isaiah Simmons, who has been, you know, a, 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 an average, if not below average, uh, at his position since, you know, coming into the league, right? These They're not, like, out here, like, throwing darts at the dartboard and, like, just hitting bullseyes every time. This isn't a home run hit. It might be good. It might work out, but it's not like something that's going to be worth well, us it, getting excited about. Right? I also think that it fits the trend. I mean, we saw D'Angelo Hall being a part of the coaching staff now. We have a lot of former players who used to play football oh, now now mm. in other areas. This has nothing to do with right, though. I, this is, yeah, but uh, I think it has look, something to do with the former player movement getting into uh, – you know the front office stuff, and I think I'm you're continue to see this. You don't think I, it has like, anything to do with Reich? You think? I mean, isn't that a problem? Don't you think? No, I think Reich should have a little part office, of everything to do in with the this. front office. We are no, like it well, has to do with tougher. personnel, right? I think he is like an assistant GM, so it's basically t- uh, Scott Fitter's assistant and replacement, and he right, was but, doing but what he want- is ultimately for what Steve Keem did for the Arizona Cardinals. So no, I don't think. That that's uh, really if the vertical structure of the organization is truly like what you know traditionally it should be is it's Tepper and and Fitter are talking about these guys maybe Dan Morgan in the room saying who do we want maybe the head right is maybe you get some input for Frank right but I'm with CK on this and and uh, I don't want to CK 
like my son said, don't ruin our cocaine bear high. Is <laughs> Panther fans are riding high on this coaching staff and all the moves that have been made. So right now, who cares who the person is? It could be a koala bear, and we fucking we'd be excited about it. And that is, and that even goes to the DC, like the uh my that's what my buddy from the outside, he's a commanders fan. We got a lot of commanders news later on in the show. And he said, uh, like who that man, I know that people like this Ajiro Evero, but everybody's like, oh, no miss, can't miss, right? Everything is can't miss right now. The one thing, and this one though, CK, you're right. Steve Keem, Kim, whatever his name was, maybe on the outs, but he took a leave of absence. Like he resigned. And if this guy is so awesome, why was he not promoted? He knows the organization. And I, th- I hope the best for him. I hope he's great. But they went out and got this Monty Osenfort guy uh, to replace Steve Keem. They did not go with him. And, you know, so it's nice, but I think CK is bringing ultimately, you know, a reasonable perspective here. Yeah. I'm not, you know, is that like, I hope the best for him. I hope he adds to the team, but let's not like he's going to walk in there and all of a sudden we're getting freaking De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins. This guy, we hope for him to do well. We should be talking about Dan Morgan. And really, the question in the end is going to be is Scott Fitterer's job truly on the line at, at this year? You know, I've heard people talking about this. What is, does this mean anything for that? Are the Panthers preparing for the next phases of front office readjustment? Or is this them just loading up and getting fitter or the people he needs to get execute his job the best he can? And by the way, I also just want to point out what White Chocolate Espresso said. Uh, if he was a part of that Hopkins trade from Houston, that was indeed a steal at the time. And no, I hear, I hear what you're saying. So, okay, there's no reason to think that he's like some great thing or whatever. But again, the air of optimism and knowing that we still have other guys in positions of being able to make decisions. You know, Scott Ferrer is still the guy in charge. You know, we still have Suleiman in there on, on the cap. This just adds another set of eyes and a set of eyes that everyone does say is well-respected. So I think it's another good hire. It doesn't have to mean anything, but, you know, it's it, it's a decent hire. They clearly wanted him to be in the front office. So I'm fine yeah. with the hire. Like, I just, yeah. I have the thing that I'm just not, uh, I'm not down with it. I, I think maybe I have, I'm taking the Greg approach on this is, like, we can't, like, it's, we've got to, we've got to be realistic in some respect here and realize that, like, this is a hire that's not really going to move the needle for the Panthers. Like, this isn't, this isn't going to change the way that the Panthers look next year. Um, or if and, it does, it's just gravy is great news, but you can't bank on right. that. Right. You're not this. Like if we do really well, like this year and there's just great talent and everything, I can tell you that people are not going to look back to this hire and say, Oh my God, it's because of this. Right. right. Um, there's so many different moving factors and it's fine. It might turn out to be great, but um, I think somebody said it in the chat and a uh, pipe singer might've said it. This is, and, and this is, I hesitate to say this because it takes away the merit of hiring a guy like him, but there is a long-term effect to this that could be impactful to benefit us. And that is the compensatory pick that you would get if he gets hired to another team and gets a promotion. Right. Um, So you're starting to talk about that when you have our offensive coordinator, our defensive coordinator, all the, all the people that we've hired 
uh, in this coaching staff, like there is a real, like real opportunity for us to be the next Rams in the fact that we're going to be looking at getting just like constantly compensatory pick after compensatory pick or uh, the 49ers. We've got about 45 seconds before our next, next segment. See, uh, Greg, if you got something to say, say it now. Cody, let's pop through them real quick, and this will be our segue to our guest. Don't forget to call into the show at 252-228-5098. Okay, real quick, yes. I have to, I have to yeah. agree with you all that I think that uh, this is not a home run hit, but we don't need home runs all the time. Base hits work just fine as long as we get a few home runs in there every once in a while. I think we have. And two, I think we're not looking far enough forward with this. You guys are always stressing about the importance of a GM and coach relationship. You're saying this guy's the assistant GM, basically, and that Fitter might be on the hot seat. Like, let's look a little further forward. This may be a little more important in the future than we think. If he's mm-hmm. in the hot seat, this is the assistant, and a coach and a coach and GM relationship is important. This there may be more into this than we think. I'm, I'm not saying not saying it's a home run, but let's not just look past it like it's nothing for a hire. That's all I'm saying. This this is apropos, Cody, as we jump into the NFL combine. What you got here, and then let's go to the guest. Yeah, man. So one of the big news stories that came out was that Bryce Young is not going to be throwing or doing any of the drills at the NFL Combine and instead waiting on his pro day. Man, I have a lot to say about this. Um, I personally don't think that this is a, a great decision for Bryce Young. But you know what? We have a special guest tonight who's here with us to talk about all things NFL draft. He is Joe DeLeone from the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects, and he is joining the C3 Panthers podcast to talk about this combine experience. Joe, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. We've been practicing your name, and when (laughs) when we practiced it, we got off. Now I I was the one fumbling and bumbling, Joe DeLeon. You got it. I mean, you guys are both yes. close. I've, yes. I've gotten much yes. worse butcherings. As long as it's no, DeLeon last... or DeLeone, you're, you guys are No, I was listening <laughs> to the show today. I was listening to your podcast today. I was like, man, I'm going to get it right. And then we were practicing, and I was fumbling and stumbling. Welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast. Well, I will say I appreciate the amount of effort uh, ahead of me coming on. The show that I was just on before hopping on here one of the guys on it, and they were also live, was eating chips while he was asking me questions. I've never had anything oh, like that happen no. before. So it's like a total 180 of going from that to you guys. I appreciate uh, the warm welcome, and I'm excited to talk about the combine. Hey, you know, we're we're, we're an upstart little rinky-dink Panthers podcast, but we try and uh, carry <laughs> ourselves with the, with the air of professionalism. But no, Joe, listen, we certainly thank you for being a part of the podcast tonight. Uh, I can't speak for my partners, but I don't have any chips near me. So <laughs> I, I think we'll be good to go. Uh, Joe, I wanted to talk uh, with you about this decision from Bryce Young to not throw or not do anything at the combine. And this isn't new. Andrew Luck has done this before. Sam Darnold did it. Even Joe Burrow chose to skip uh, and wait until the pro day. But I also feel like Bryce Young, being 5'10", speculated at 185 pounds, might not have been in the best position to not want to go out there and show his abilities, especially when you have Stroud, Levis, and Richardson 
choosing to compete and do these things. What do you make of this? Is it a story at all? Is Bryce still a lot to go number one? Or does could this actually have an effect on his draft stock come April? Right. I, I understand both angles of this, but... And I- What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. In the perspective that you're talking about, but the way that I perceive this is that we already know who Bryce Young is as a prospect. We know that he is very accurate. We know that he is a very bright mind and we know that he has really great instincts to play the position. So for him to go out there and if he completes every ball or maybe misses one, that just reinstates the understanding of what we have of him. And I think for the athletic testing, we know that he's a good athlete, but for the guys that he stacked up against, which are Will Levis, who was talked up to be a good athlete. Anthony Richardson, who might have the best combine performance for a quarterback ever. He's that good of an athlete. And C.J. Stroud's not even going to run. So for him to go test, not test as well as some of those other guys, it might impact the perception on him. He's obviously going to get weighed in. He's going to get all of his measurables in. But I see Bryce Young where he's going to win is showing up to these meetings and knocking those out of the park. I would assume that he is going to have the personality Uh, and the mentality and the football IQ to win in these interviews. I think compared to anybody else, he is going to show up and be able to knock out every single one of these. That, to me, I think needs to be his focus, and I believe that his team is approaching it that way. Go in, go do the interviews really well. We'll go throw at the pro day. Uh, We don't want any other question marks brought up, and just let your your words lead the discussion here on, on how good of a prospect he can be. We're going to be asking a lot about the quarterbacks who throw on Saturday for the NFL Combine, uh, Joe. And I'm going to stick with this one. Uh, we do a, I've been, this is the 11th season of the C3 Panthers podcast. And uh, the 10th Combine we'll be looking at. And we have a draft party every year. I hate mm. the, I hate all of this. I loathe it. And I shouldn't say that in public because this is our business at this point. But you, everybody, Cody loves it. Cody loves the combine. Love he loves the draft. He loves all the prospects. Love After it. 10 years of doing this, I've just watched so many people fall in love with people. I've watched not so much breath and air and energy on what's going to happen. And only 95% of it happens. 98% of it is not even as good as you thought it was going to be in the end. I am interested with this quarterback class, though, because I think there's an interesting storyline I've watched unfold over the past years, and that is the guy who's number one who goes into the combine or goes into his senior season 
never turns out to be the guy who's drafted number one. And it really feels difficult for Bryce Young to hold on to the spot. Here's my hot take, and we'll get out of the quarterbacks after this. I think Bryce Young slips out of the first-round pick. The tape is deep in the past. The tape, which is great, right? He's relying on the tape. You mean the He's first re- pick or the first-round pick? No, just the first pick. Okay, the okay. First pick. overall pick. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think he, I think he could be the fourth quarterback drafted in some case. Every year we get a darling who surges. How hard is it for Bryce to hold on to that through all of this where we got all the anticipation builds around these quarterbacks? Right, and I think that's part of the reason why he's he's not testing. He doesn't want to be picked apart and overanalyzed. Let all the other guys that have inconsistencies with their game, let them be picked apart and overanalyzed. And I totally agree with you in, in the sense where there's a possibility of that happening. I think that if... Will Levis and Anthony Richardson show up, test really well, and they have strong days throwing the football, that's going to really help them. If C.J. Stroud, we already kind of know who he is and he's only throwing, he's not going to do any of the the physical testing. If they all have really good days, absolutely Bryce Young could fall to be the fourth guy. I think that the NFL, uh, there are still some old-school thinking teams that aren't going to want to draft a guy that is built like him. He needs to bulk up. He needs to get up to 205 pounds, I think, for me to be – more confident in him to not sustain a lot of injuries. His his frame is concerning. I do even know that the Houston Texans aren't even really big fans of Bryce Young, and they value other guys uh, because of how small he is, and they're worried about his very slight frame. But the only other thing that I, I would say about that, though, is by removing himself from the spotlight, it does help him. And he's never been that guy. He's never been the guy that the spotlight's always on him and he wants all the cameras on him. I know that he's in these, in these commercials and um, he's, he won the Heisman, all that's big for him. And that's, those are huge accolades and there are always his media attention on him, but he's never somebody who's speaking up and trying to get more attention. And I think that removing himself from the spotlight might help let the overcalculation occur for the other players. Uh, but it's still, again, a possibility as you're saying for him to slide a little bit because of those size question marks and some of the bigger, more physical guys might be uh, selected over him. Yeah, and, and and so first I want to address something. Tony is lying through his teeth when he said that we were going to ask any more QB questions. That is going <laughs> to yeah, be right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we're going to move on from the QB. Let's let's <laughs> yeah, be no about way. It. This is going to be heavily QB focused. Um, <laughs> but the the part of this that I I, I want to touch base on is, and you know, we saw it with the Joe Burrow draft where. You know, many people thought Joe Joe didn't want to go to Cincinnati and that he would hold out or whatever, you know, to not go there. We obviously knew that wasn't realistic, but there is a reality that when you look at the trend of quarterbacks, especially some of the best ones in the NFL um, that have come out of the uh, out of the draft, the ones that have the most immediate success tend to come in the later part of the draft because they're going to maybe a little bit more developed teams. When you're drafted number one uh, to the Houston Texans, you're going to a full on rebuild. So do you think even the idea of not performing at the draft or at the combine rather um, and that hurting his stock is actually even something that he's playing chess as opposed to checkers to maybe slide a little bit. I know that's money out of his pocket initially, but when you're thinking about the long term and the contracts these guys are getting Joe Burrow and, you know, Trevor Lawrence is starting to come on. So, you know, you can look at those as the exception. But when you look at the history of the number one overall draft pick at a QB position, it hasn't worked out. Uh, you know, on a more on a, on a very consistent basis, it's that five to ten to fifteen position that that most of these guys have have really thrived in. 
Do you think that that kind of weighs into that decision? Is it a checkers uh, versus chess type of mentality? I think in general, his approach is definitely going to be like he wants to step into the best situation possible. And I, I totally agree with that that sentiment where if I'm Bryce Young and I'm his 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 team, his agent, I don't want to be a part of the Houston Texans, as he mentioned. I, I don't even know if I want to be a part of a, a team like the Indianapolis Colts, which in a way are are have taken a massive step back. And then you look at a team like the Raiders, I'd be even I'd be scared to death of the Raiders because I don't even know if I if they're gonna be willing to pay me uh in a few years if they even or have if the they money. Could. Exactly. Like I, I don't even know if they have the funds. Are they going to have to yeah. use more uh, uh, WNBA money to to pay him? Is is what that would take? But I mean, I would argue if if I'm Bryce Young, I actually believe, and it might take trading up for this to happen. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on a Panthers podcast. I think oh, the God. best situation for Bryce Young is the Carolina Panthers because oh. he's the most ready to play. He is the most uh, uh, game ready player because of how quick and reactive he is in his decision making. But on top of that, like there's some really intriguing young pieces on this this Panthers roster. Uh, there's some good receivers. The offensive line's underrated in in some ways, and I think there may be a couple pieces away. Uh, and that defense is just loaded with young talent that's ready to really take that next step. But I, I would argue that if I'm Bryce, I want to play for the Carolina Panthers out of any of the other teams that are picking in the top ten. I think it's not a hot take I have. I think it's just a hopeful take that – some other guys are going to surge as the distant memory of the college tape kind of falters. And this is, I don't know what Bryce Young should actually do. I think in some ways he probably should do some of the throwing drills, maybe do 140. If we could see him be fast too and not small. Uh, my two questions, and then I'm, we're, uh, I'm passing the mic. One, does Bryce Young drink like seven gallons? Like, have you heard of guys <laughs> drinking like the three gallons of water before they get on the scale and throwing up? And two, does he do that? And number two, who is the dar? If my thesis is right, who's the darling that surges after the combine in the quarterback class? Yeah, I think that that Bryce definitely does need to add a little fake weight would definitely help him just a random like fun story i just want to 192 yeah like 192 i'm still if he's wonder 190 i'm i'm gonna be a little concerned right so i played in college and i signed with an agent very briefly i was a long snapper i was trying to get an opportunity i was terrible i was not good enough but uh when i showed up to do a workout where they came and they weighed me and they put my name and my weight officially on stuff i did that i drank a gallon and a half of water because I was underweight. I was a smaller long snapper. I was only like 210 and I needed to get up to 220 and I kept my my phone and my keys in my pocket. So there are some <laughs> there are some tricks to try and beat this. So if I'm Bryce, I'm trying to do those those tricks. Now Bryce tried to do it is making you millions of dollars. Me didn't net anything. Right. I didn't I didn't sign with anyone. Uh but if we're talking about the darling though, it, it's got to be Anthony Richardson. I think the the phase of liking Will Levis, it, it got old really quick. And I think that everyone realized, like, the guy's got so many problems and he's almost 24 years old. So why am I banking on a guy who's played all these games and he's done all this uh, if he's further along? Anthony Richardson's got only up to go. He is at the bottom level, I think, of his capabilities. Now, the problem is, is the the ceiling and the floor are so far apart from one another. And I don't think there's really an in-between he's either going to be a top 10 player in, in the NFL. He's that good, or he might never play a snap. He might be terrible. He might a be never a snap. A mess. Well, wow. that might be a hyperbole, but 
he might just be one of those guys like right. Paxton Lynch that gets out there for a couple of plays and then you're just like, oh my Terrell God. Pryor. I feel like Terrell Pryor had a little juice to him and like and they, Kyle, were they, made, they were trying to make him a wide receiver out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. And, but separate from that though, Anthony Richardson though, I think right now is going to be the darling. And I don't think it's, it's an exaggeration to say that if he does all of the athletic testing, which is to his benefit, he could have the best quarterback combine performance ever in terms of all of the athletic testing, not talking about throwing, but just the athletic testing, he could be the best athlete that we've seen. Wow. If we think about it, that Kyler didn't run Lamar Jackson didn't run. We've got all these guys that don't test because they don't think it's a benefit. So I think Anthony Richardson could really uh, get the boost from, from doing the testing. And he, he might have end up being the second quarterback selected after it's all said and done. So that kind of goes to my next question and, and CK was definitely right. We're we're definitely asking more questions about about quarterback. And you brought up <laughs> Anthony. You, you brought up Anthony Richardson, and I wanted to stay on that. Um, you know, uh, Matt Milner, ESPN draft analyst, he went on NFL Live and said that the Panthers are all in on Anthony Richardson. And listen, if 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 you know anything about Panther fans, we have been so depraved of a quarterback for such a long time now that Panther fans are just desperate for us to draft a quarterback. But because of this year's draft, and there's so many other teams that are in the market for said quarterback, it seems as though it's going to be really expensive for Carolina this year if they did decide to move up. My question to you is, what quarterbacks are going to be available at nine? And are Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud the only quarterbacks worth trading up for because I'm of the mindset that if you traded up to number three for Anthony Richardson, a guy who has a 54% completion percentage in mm. college, he was, like only, Josh Allen. He, he was only a one year. No, but even Josh Allen was more than a one year starter. He had a 56%. So <laughs> it would, it would technically be lower. Hey, I mean, I'm just saying it would technically be His lower. receivers were a lot worse at Wyoming, too, than what Anthony yeah, Richardson right, had. Right, yeah, right, right, right. So is it is oh, is God. it worth it for the Panthers to trade up for like a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson, or are those quarterbacks that they take with their number nine overall pick? I, I see it that the only guys I would trade up for are Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud because they're the most ready to play. Young more than Stroud, I think that – Young can have an early impact and then Stroud might be a year away because he needs to develop uh, a better ability to read defenses and make decisions. He's very indecisive when things don't open up immediately, which is problematic. And we kind of see that with Justin Fields. It just happens with these Ohio State quarterbacks because of the nature of the offense that they play in. But it, look, I, I think spe very specifically for the Carolina Panthers, we're not talking about any other team here. I think moving up, to get Anthony Richardson is not a good move for them in the long term. I think that Anthony Richardson is somebody who needs to step into a situation where there's a bridge quarterback in place that he can sit for maybe two years. Like, I don't know if this is a guy who year one can play right away, but yeah. I, I can maybe compare this a little bit to Trey Lance where physical tools are out of the world, but just really inexperienced. Doesn't have a lot He's of He's less accomplished than Justin Fields. He's uh, less yeah. polished. He's less all of those things than Justin Fields is. And when Justin Fields passed for us the, and we went J.C. Horn, this is basically a similar type player, except for Fields was, like, good in college. 
We don't know anything about him. This is all potential. You're talking about Anthony Richardson, right? Right, right. Yeah. Like, is that is if you think that the yeah. bottom is Justin Fields right now, he was good in college, though. <laughs> like, yeah, no, he I, was I, really good in college. Like, we are yeah. really tra- we're putting traits from one player, these players, onto guys we just expect, and we haven't seen anything from Anthony Richardson. Honestly, very little sm- sample set. Yeah, because he was on a he was on a bad team this year and and a team that didn't really help him progress. But like I think that the positives for him, I totally get it. He just he needs developing. He it's gonna take him time right. to get to what he's capable of doing. The arm talent's just silly for him to make some of these throws that he can make without having any platform in these really tight windows. It's there. It's all there. This is it's, the draft talk. This right. is it every year. This is the guy. For He's going to be number though, one pick. He's going to be the number one pick. Exactly. It's I, I can totally see it happening. I think it's realistic, but I just don't think for the Panthers that's the guy. I think they need somebody who's a little bit more ready to go in, in Bryce Younger or C.J. Stroud because just think about what you mentioned earlier where they've missed on so many guys and, and they've been just yeah. kind of keep trying and trying over and over again since Cam Newton. So uh, to re-continue that process for another couple of years and then finding out he's not the guy and then have to hit reset again, I think that's just – it wouldn't be good for for Frank Reich in this this new regime. Yeah, go ahead, Greg. Joe, that's actually a good little transition right there. You brought back Bryce Young, and I have a question about Bryce Young. Like, I'm no expert when it comes to analyzing in like college players. Like, I can see talent a lot of times, but I'm no expert at it. And when I look at Bryce Young, I see a guy who's six foot, 194 pounds. Five um, ten, you know, his, bro. <laughs> it, it, well, yeah. maybe. Listen, we're gonna see his his. Best year, he threw for 4,800 yards, 47 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Okay. Can we had a guy in Carolina last year that his best year in college who's six foot one, 200 pounds, threw for 46 touchdowns, uh, or excuse me, threw for 43 touchdowns, 4,600 yards, and six interceptions, almost identical to Bryce Young. And what, he's the May kid? Baker Mayfield. So oh, what uh. what is it about Bryce Young that makes me feel like he's different than Baker Mayfield in the NFL? Because I know that the NFL is more about throwing into in lanes mm-hmm. as opposed to necessarily being over the top all the time. But you have to be that kind of player that can do that, Drew Brees or Russell Wilson. Obviously, Baker Mayfield, who's a little bit bigger than Bryce Young, couldn't do that. What about Bryce Young makes me feel like he can when he gets to the NFL? I think the instincts for Bryce are way higher than what Baker Mayfield had had coming into the league. And I haven't really seen Baker develop those instincts very much in his in his career early on. I, I, I do see the value in Baker Mayfield, and I do understand that, you know, that that thought of of him maybe still being able to figure it out. But with Baker, he was playing in an offense that was not very comparable to the NFL. I saw what Bill O'Brien was running at Alabama and Bryce was playing in is setting him up for success in the NFL. And what, again, what excites me so much about him is the reactiveness, but also not only like reactiveness means nothing. If you're not making great decisions and you're not making big splash plays, he was always bailing his offense out when things weren't opening up. He always knew what to do and seemingly was making that right choice that not only moved the football, but also made a big play to keep his his team in games. I watched him do it against Texas. I watched him do it almost against LSU and almost did it against uh, Tennessee as well. He kept and pulled his team back into games so much this season, and I think that that is just a rare trait that you don't always get with quarterbacks. I feel like oftentimes, because he's also a good athlete too, that doesn't get talked about enough, but I feel like oftentimes with quarterbacks, 
we fall in love with the Anthony Richardsons in the, in the CJ Strouds without acknowledging like, well, can they actually accomplish this stuff on the field? Can they bring it to fruition and be a consistent playmaker? Some of them can. I know that Bryce Young can do it, and I don't want to overthink a guy like that because he's just been a gamer. He's been a, a playmaker uh, all throughout his, his college career, I think, more than Baker Mayfield. Okay. Yeah. So, again, um, you know, everybody wants to talk quarterbacks, talk quarterbacks, but I actually do want to get your opinion on something, um, and it's actually about a quarterback from last year. See, we have Matt Corral on the team, and uh, there's a lot of Matt Corral fanboys amongst the Carolina Panther faithful, I myself included. You know, I would like to see Matt Corral at some point get a fair shot. But what, wh- where would you rank Matt Corral in this year's draft class? Do, did you have him behind the top four, a lot behind the top four? Like, where would you stack them up? And then this will probably be my last quarterback question. Um, well, I mean, the quarterback questions, I think are really important for a team like the Panthers. So right. more than any team, because that's the one thing that they've been missing. I feel for a long time as you, as you brought up, but man, Matt Corral, if I were to rank him up against these guys, he'd probably be six behind Hen and hooker for me. I, I think Corral's mm-hmm. got, he's got some traits, you know, he's got a lot of tools to, he's got some tools to work with, but, um, I'm a lot more excited about the remaining group, which is young Stroud. Richardson, uh, Will Levis, and then Hendon Hooker. I just, I, I, where Matt Corral was selected is realistic for where he, he should have belonged being selected. A high upside backup, uh, at the most that maybe could turn into a starter. There's a possibility he might challenge for the position, but we don't really know what his development's been like. Um, and I think that last year's, how bad last year's class was kind of boosted the projection on him uh, because of just there were no options. You know, everyone was talking about Malik Willis. Everybody was talking about uh, Kenny Pickett and talking them all up. But the reality of it is I don't think any of them would be in the top five compared to this year's grouping. Do any of these quarterbacks are fall to nine? Or is this a complete, if you want one of these guys, you got to trade up to get them? I certainly think that there's a possibility, but I don't think it's a very large one. I, I think realistically, it's very slim. I, I, I think that as soon as one team trades up, there are going to be a, a bunch of at least two other teams that will try to make a move and trade up. So if there's three guys off the board already, that's going to be a, a lot of wishful thinking for the Carolina Panthers to still end up with with being able to, to get their guy. Uh, I, I think more than ever, because of so many teams last year deciding to say, I'm good, I don't want to touch any of these dudes, that now more teams than ever are desperate. So it's going to drive up that asking price. It's going to drive up the desperation for teams to move up. So realistically, at nine, I don't think it's very likely. Yeah, I I, I kind of hear that too. Uh, that's pretty much what all the rumors and all the talk has been. But uh, Joe, so as we kind of hinted earlier, I love the draft. Tony can't stand it. <laughs> so we've been doing this segment uh, where I convinced Tony to care. And uh, recently uh, we've previewed two prospects, Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame, who I like a lot, uh, and Tyree Wilson, the edge player out of Texas Tech. You know, now finally outside of the realm of quarterbacks, what are some players specifically that you think people should 
have their eye on as we're going to the combine? So, some players that you think uh, might have the chance to significantly raise their stock from maybe even a day two prospect to a first night prospect. Yeah, I think one who immediately pops in my head is uh, Will McDonald from from Iowa State, and he's already been a bit rising and. He was somebody who played out of position in that 3-3 stack at Iowa State where he was basically playing as like a heavy end. He's going to be a stand-up rusher in the NFL. Long, twitchy guy, a very, very underrated athlete. He showed some positive signs at the Senior Bowl, and I think he's going to test really, really well. Outside of that, though, like I think Tyree Wilson, him not participating kind of sucks, and I, I wanted to see what he was going to do amongst these, um, amongst this this grouping of, of, of edge players. Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Is another guy funny that we've got two guys from the state of Iowa that are, are, are big time edge prospects, but uh, Lucas Van Ness is another big bulky guy that I think has a lot of physical tools that has made him a riser throughout this process. I'd also pay attention to Brian Brzee, I think who's gotten not enough positive oh, outlook yeah. throughout this process, but the guy is just a, a freaky, massive athlete. He is just a very, very powerful kid that, of top recruit that is going to shine in these circumstances because he was so highly recruited. And then I throw out one more who I don't think is getting enough love right now. Kalijah Kansi. I know it's a lot of defensive linemen. This is a very defensive lineman, heavy draft. Please, we Jared. need defensive linemen. So please. That's Thursday. Uh, that's Thursday of the draft. So yes, yeah, tell us who to watch on Thursday. It'll be the first day of the, uh, not of the draft of the combine yeah. defensive line and linebackers. These are all positions interesting to the Carolina Panthers. And mind you that we're also kind of switching to a 3-4 defense. So who should we be looking at on Thursday? Not who should we, but like what's, what What should we maybe pay attention to? Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, the one guy I was get, I was I was bringing up, I, he might actually not fit that that um, the, the scheme, but uh, Kalijah Kansi, though, from Pitt is very undersized. It's a very weird draft for having all these really undersized guys at various position groups, but uh, he's six foot two eighty. He might be even smaller than that. He's a really freaky athlete, though. He is crazy fast. He's got great feet, and I think that he's going to test well on the bench. He's just a a, a a a crazy strong short guy playing defensive tackle that is a menace for uh, opposing offensive linemen to deal with. So I'm a really big fan of Kalaja uh, Cantys. I, I I want. Uh, I want to pay attention to him, see what he does. I got one more that I want to throw out there that I, I didn't want to yeah. forget, actually. Jalen Hyatt for adding a receiver from Tennessee. Yeah. Big surge throughout this season for what he did against Alabama was the was the starting point. The NFL loves speed. And if he tests in the four twos, four threes, I think that he could be uh, the first receiver taken possibly off the board once we get some testing numbers to, to put beside his name. But he's been a riser, and we know that these deep threats are, are a big uh, – big boost in this year's class and could be the first receiver taken. Yeah. And by the way, I'm a big time Clemson fan. So when you <laughs> said Brian Brissy, I'm like, yes, yes, man. <laughs> you know, he, he never really lived up to the hype. He was a very highly recruited five-star prospect. Uh, when we got him out of Maryland, you know, he went through a lot last year. His little sister died. Yeah. Mid, yeah. Mid season. Very, very sad story. He dealt with a lot of injuries, but he's definitely someone that has uh, a ton of NFL upside. Uh, Joe, would you say this is a bad uh, draft class for offensive linemen? I know Peter Skronkowski, uh, I can't even say his name, the Northwestern offensive tackle was probably the highest mm -hmm. on that board 
Uh, what do you make of the O-line class this year? Yeah, I think at tackle, and I think more than ever, we're going to have guys that are are drafted to that are tackles that might get bumped into guard. Like Cody Mox, the first one who comes to mind, is somebody who I think is going to get bumped inside. I think at tackle, there's a there's a fine group. You know, there we we've got guys like Peter Skaronsky that you mentioned, Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, uh, Jalen Duncan, Broderick uh, Jones from from Georgia, who's a very traitsy player. I think Darnell Wright from from Tennessee is a good right tackle prospect, the best right tackle in the class. Uh, outside of that, though, with interior offensive linemen, Osiris Torrance is a great guard, and I like Steve Avila. Massive drop-off. Those are the only two guys that I think can step in and be starting caliber players. Uh, at the very least, really good backups, but it's just all backup players for me at guard. I think at center, we've got four guys to pay attention to. John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas, Joe Tipman from Wisconsin, and then Luke Whipler from Ohio State. And then similar to the guard position, massive drop-off to only guys that are really only going to be backups at the next level. So uh, for the most part, it's top-heavy at tackle. It's top-heavy, very top-heavy at, at these interior spots. There's certainly right. guys to go get, though. I think there's certainly guys you can grab. Final two question, questions for you. Thank you for being so generous with your time. Of course. Uh, one is... What do you think about Keaton Mitchell from East Carolina, from East Carolina University, ECU Pirates? He's uh, he's so fast. He's a little guy to that can play running back. I don't know if you've heard of him. Lifelong uh, ECU Pirates fan here, live in the town, and so if you know Keaton Mitchell, speak on anything you uh, can think about him. And then finally, what do you want to learn from this year's combine? As we try, you know, what do you want to take away? If we if we got you on the line next week and we could give you a magic wand, what would you want to know? Uh, so getting to Mitchell first, um, I am familiar with him as a prospect. I haven't done my final report on him just because there's so many running backs in this class. Right. But I'm a fan of him. I think that he's, he's definitely a, a day three draftable guy that could fit very nicely as, as an added piece to a running back room. Great athlete, as you mentioned. And I'm, I'm curious to see what testing numbers he puts up with a lot of guys to compete with. And if he tests really well athletically, I think that's going to benefit him with kind of like this middle chunk of, of running backs that need some separation. I think he fits in there with the, with the Sean Tuckers and the, the Mo Ibrahims of this, of this class. But uh, to what your point is on what I would have, I would like to learn from this year's combine is just uh, how does the quarterbacks, how does this fit? And, you know, how, how does this shake up and, and where will the separation be? And I know that we spent all this time talking about quarterbacks, but I think more than ever this year, there needs to be separation created. And I, I want to know for sure if there is a massive drop off after those top two guys with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, where is the separation for and how close behind are Anthony Richardson and Will Levis? Do they look a lot cleaner than they showed up on film? Are they going to answer and maybe calm some of those concerns with consistency? How do they bounce back from issues and mistakes that they have during these passing drills? If they can remove that separation, that to me, I think answers a lot of questions and that I'm going to be really focused on that for the most part, separate from obviously just enjoying watching these edge players and these defensive linemen uh, and some of these corners that are going to show out. I will tell you, you can use this headline. Anybody listening can use this headline separation not desperation when it comes to evaluating the nfl quarter the combine quarterbacks 
will these guys just continue to crowd those first five picks mm. or will be well and that that sounds like desperation if what you're suggesting instead of seeing that separation joe fantastic hanging out with you um tell us where you we can find your work uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joe DeLeon. And then on uh, YouTube, Hack City is my YouTube channel, which has got all of my content on there, NFL Draft, College Football, you name it. Uh, and then also just Believe Network, at Believe Network on Twitter and, and on YouTube as well. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Thank you for hanging out with us, man. I hope you have a great night. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Joe. Uh, lots of men about to be running around, Greg, in underwear. I mean, oh, that always good. sounds interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, we love that. I like really need to cut my grass. Oh, and don't, get ready no, for no, this no. don't 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 pretend that you're not stoked. Okay, you're you're more. You want to do a watch along on Saturday? I, I already told you for I'm the down. quarterbacks. And I right, think they go. I think they go. I think they go at one too. So on Saturday, uh, yeah, on Saturday. Mm. No, yeah, no, no, I, I just don't care. <laughs> I, I I want to really really bad. I just don't care. Let's yeah. do a uh, watch along, kind of like a Friday yeah. free for all. We can't put up the stream, but we can all hang out. And it won't be like one of those where if we watch along a game and everybody's like breaking it, it's not going to be like, oh shit. Maybe on them 40 times. We can't. Yeah, four, is is Jay Stubbs going to come in there and be like, 4 2? Yeah. <laughs> Jay Stubbs, uh, maybe. Uh, He's got the fastest TV internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. I can I ask you a question, Cody? As somebody who is a avid believer that this can totally make or break your draft position, what can a quarterback show you this Saturday at one o'clock? That's going to well, make so, you be like, "Holy shit, top three. You no know doubt. what? Take to it. be honest, Greg, a lot of it is willful participation because if you're a quarterback, you've never thrown to these receivers before. And whereas, okay, if you're Bryce Young and you choose to throw on your pro day, you have a relationship with those receivers. You know when to throw the ball, on what timing, on what routes. It's basically just like, hey, man, I know I've never thrown to these guys before, but I'm a competitor. I'll go and make every throw that they want me to make. I'll go run. I'll go test. You know, I'll, 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 I'll essentially do everything to show these NFL teams that I'm the guy for the job. And more specifically, if you are Anthony Richardson and your you know, NFL teams are worried that you've only uh, started 13 games in your entire college career, you really just want to participate in everything that you can to build yourself uh, a better NFL credit score, so to say, for lack of a better term. There isn't like something specifically that you'll be able to see at the combine where it's like, oh, they didn't do that on film, but then they did it here. It's like that just doesn't happen. No, I, it's more of a participation. I think this is going to hurt Bryce Young. I think so, too. I think I am so – and I don't know anything about any of these guys, but I don't think he's going to be the first quarterback picked. And okay. I think this is that our guest made a ton of good points of why you could hurt yourself in this, but I almost feel like he said he's going to win in the interviews. What he just really needs to do is run the 40 for us. And he needs to weigh in and get measured. And if he threw like did one throwing session and just looked crisp, it would just be everything you wanted to see. Now what's going to happen is you're going to have Richardson throwing 70 yards 
off his back foot. And people are going, oh, man, like you said, is there. And then Levis is going to be big and fucking strong and somewhat fast and throw like a million yard deep ball. And then we're all going to be like, oh, I guess we got to watch Alabama highlights to figure out what's going on here. Yeah, I just feel like he just needs to prove he's the most polished. Yeah, well, well, I mean, the film is what's going to say that the most right. about him. Mm-hmm. But listen, whether this is fair we or never not, do that. whether this is fair or not, what it looks like is he doesn't want to be compared next to the the three bigger, stronger quarterbacks. And he shouldn't go at all. In this draft class next to him. But and he shouldn't go at all. If he's if not doing any of the drills or any of that shit, he should just measure at his pro day. Mm-hmm. That's what you're right. Go get your measurements. Like fucking tape measure and in the scale are all the same. If we like really make just check them, and if you know all these teams are going to come interview him, he doesn't have to go to the combine to get catch these teams' attention. If he should not go at all, then the only reason I have to push back on what you say, Cody, about how the willingness and like being able to throw to receivers he's never thrown with before. Oh, he is, isn't. I, I've got, I've got to push back on that because look, man, I'm 38 years old. I'm not in great shape. Okay. I'm not a great thrower of the football, but I can do it pretty decent. I was at my daughter's 16th birthday party the other day with 16 age boys and we were playing three on three football and I was the quarterback and I was hitting 15 and 20 yard passes to guys I've never met before. Oh, you're whipping some ass. So, so <laughs> I don't think that, them being able to throw to an open guy with nobody rushing them really, really makes a difference about how I, th- I think any, I can do that. I can connect a 20 yard pass to a guy I've just met the first time before the snap. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm you know, if, maybe if you went there and ran and ran a, a 4.41 40 yard dash, you know, maybe, you know, maybe okay. that, that, that might change things. And like Joe was saying, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, for whatever reasons, you know, they didn't run during their combine. Whereas if they had, it would have made headlines because of how fast they are. If will, you're Anthony will the Texans, will the Texans hmm. pick Bryce Young first? Well, yeah, let's just get a yes or no and then we'll move on because like we have a like uh, our opinions yes. will change 200 yes. times by the draft. Uh, I mean, right now, does Bryce Young is he the first Bryce round Young is a first next year? I would say so, and I think D'Amico Ryans is going to be the type of player that's kind of like uh, Bryce Young a lot. So, yeah, I would say right now he's probably still going number one, but it wouldn't shock me at all if they drafted C.J. Stroud instead. See, I don't. My vote is just no, that he won't be the number one overall pick. I almost feel like if those are odds in Vegas, I'd I would take them. Right now, let's go into some cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. We want to get your opinion on uh, the combine, what you will be looking for, what uh, if the Panthers should trade up or whatever the heck you want to talk about. Remember, it's the People's Voice podcast. Cody, let's get to the calls. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like and a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one?
I don't hear nothing coming from your end. Was released by the Washington yep, Commanders. I'm gonna say podcast brothers, how y'all yeah. doing? G Cavacia. Hey, I know y'all seen this shit on Twitter or online or on TV. You know, Carson Wentz was released by the Washington Commanders. I'm gonna say this right now. I do not want Carson Wentz to come to Carolina. I, I don't. Even though I do have a feeling that White might bring him back, because I know they got a relationship. I do not want him as a free agent to come to Carolina. Like I told y'all before, who I really, 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 really want, you guys might hate me on this, Jimmy Garoppolo. I want him in Carolina. I want him over Derek Carr and all that. <clears throat> I want Jimmy Garoppolo. That dude is a proven damn winner. Yeah, yeah, yes, he has some Super Bowl wins being a backup. But let's not forget, man, we went to the Super Bowl with the damn 49ers. Of course, you know, lost to um, Kansas City Chiefs and everything like that. But my opinion, with, with his age and his injury history, he won't be expensive. That's my opinion, you know. So give me a take on that. <clears throat> and before I let y'all go, what y'all think about Bryce Young not throwing at the combine? Yeah, perfect. That's kind of weird, ain't it? That's weird as hell. <laughs> like I said before, I got a feeling one of these guys on quarterbacks is going to fall. Either Bryce Young, Stroud, Levis, Richardson, one of them boys is going to dang on fall, man. Give me a thoughts on that, y'all. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Listen, but uh, before we do, I want to take a moment to uh, real quick, like, just say, a very happy birthday, a C3 happy birthday to Panther Gal in the chat, celebrating her 50th birthday today. Happy birthday, Panther Gal. Hope you have a fantastic birthday. Happy birthday from the C3 Panthers podcast. That's special. That's big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, also earlier, White Chocolate Espresso, with the 499 love bomb says if Bryce was AR size, he'd be a lot first overall. If AR was Bryce's size, he'd be a fourth round. I agree pick. with this 1000%. It's true. Yeah. Bryce was a lock. Time hurts the number one prospect. Time and distance and space hurts Bryce Young. You You're going to fall from in actually playing. That's what you mean? No, from uh, being the hyped number one. It's like this. It's like having a beautiful, wonderful woman that you love and you're in a relationship, but it's long distance and they're gone for the semester. And then there's these other girls that are walking around and not as good as the girl you're in love with, but they're present. Bryce Young, we just haven't seen him since December. Yeah, that's what I mean. You, you, you know, haven't it's seen just like the long, long distance relationship. We just have to, and then people are going to continue to say, oh, he ain't that great. She ain't that great. Yeah, she's so nice. She would be a great wife. But look, she's a little undersized. And look at that booty over there. We're gonna, <laughs> so they're going to fall in love with somebody. Somebody is going to be falling in love with and it's going to be hard for Bryce Young to maintain. I don't think he's the number one pick. And what we were, what he was talking about, Jimmy Garoppolo. Would you rather have Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't know. Who costs more? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, 
Uh, I think De- Derek Carr is probably a bit thicker. I think he's probably a little what less that injury mean? prone. Oh, Dude, Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, no, you went Jimmy to injury Garoppolo. prone. No, I got you. I got you. I what got did you. you think I meant? No, I didn't know. I was like, you thought, just, I, was talking, just you thought I was talking about them cheeks? No, no, I just was like, I didn't know that was going to be the go-to. <laughs> I was, who's going to be cheaper is really what I'm interested in. I mean, I don't know. Probably Jimmy Garoppolo. And the reason I think is because he's been injured. He's been, yeah. I mean, listen, I feel like every year he has a good season, but he deals with a bunch of injuries that he ends up causing him to never finish out the year. Um, I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not mad at, uh, listen, if you're talking about free agent quarterbacks, the best two that you could have available to you right now are those two, Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr. I would like to say, though, that Derek Carr has had like six head coaches since he's been with the with the Raiders. I mean, listen, we've all seen firsthand with Sam Darnold how when you're just constantly going through the quarter, or rather the, the head coach carousel, it's hard to get your feet underneath you, man. Everything is changing all the time. You know, at, at this point, I would be more inclined to give Derek Carr the benefit of the doubt than Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, let's go to, to the next call. The number is 252-228-5098. C3, it's Anthony from Charlotte. Just thought I'd call in on this What's beautiful up, day in Charlotte. Um, it was beautiful. Just wanted to talk some football. You already know. Um, so first, I want to say that the Panthers are meeting with Derek Carr at the NFL Combine. This is no surprise by me. Cody said this. Him and Reich are really religious. I mean, Carr's. Schefter keeps reporting Carr's looking more for a fit, not so much the money. But. If we did get Derek Carr, I honestly wouldn't be mad at all. Like, you know, this is a real coaching staff, a real defense, a quarterback that can convert third downs and keep the ball moving, and we should be fine. But I do want to bring this up. Me and the free-for-all chat have been having this conversation all day, and, you know, I I don't want to be the barrier of Debbie Downer news because I kind of was this past season. I did. I, 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 I'm on record saying multiple times I wanted Wilkes as a coach, but here's the whole problem with that situation going into the draft. There are about like five or six quarterback hungry teams drafting ahead of us. And the only way we're going to get a quarterback, like even, even QB four is, is trade up. That's the only way now I really see it. I don't see other teams passing on these quarterbacks when they know that their hole is quarterback just like us. Um, and this kind of goes back to why I called in multiple times and said, like, hey, like, we're one in five. You know, why don't we play hard? But I guess, you know, try to lose these games. And it's not because I'm a bad fan. It's not because I'm bringing negativity. It's simply because I want to plan for the future. And in order to get these top quarterbacks, you need to have a top pick in the draft. I mean, we traded CMC, so potentially we use these picks in a first-rounder to trade up to get one of these guys. But it's really hard to see see it, man. Like, I, I, I really hope we do. 
But the point of what I'm trying to say is, is that having the pick number four or five, you know, winning like two less games would have helped a lot going into this draft because we're never going to be able to tank under David Tepper. He wants to win now. So all the people saying, let's go get Drake May and Caleb Williams. Yeah, that's not going to happen. You either trade up and get a make a big move this year to get your quarterback or just sign Derek Carr for a three-year contract and roll with him and then see what happens when it when it's up. I mean, that's reality of what it comes down to. Anthony from Charlotte, thank Anthony, appreciate you, brother. Fantastic call. And listen, dude, I'm going to tell you basically what I told you in the Friday or in the, in, in the chat that we've got going. Dude, it's like shouting into the void, wanting your team to lose for draft spots, man. Dude, that season we had Teddy Bridgewater, especially after how we did Cam Newton, I wanted the Panthers to lose every single game to get Trevor Lawrence, man. You can ask Greg. He was there. He remembers. Like, I wanted that to happen. But the reason why this season was different was because up until the very end, we had an outside chance of making the playoffs. And yes, even though it would have been more beneficial since we need a quarterback to have a top five pick or whatever, I just can't not pull for my squad while we're battling for a playoff spot, you know, you just, you have to wrap your team and, uh, but no, I hear you, man. We would rather be up higher, but dude, it's like shouting into the void, man. The, you know, the players can't hear you. The coaches can't hear you. The front office doesn't give a damn. Uh, you just have to make do with what you have. And right now that's the number nine overall pick. I'll tell you something, Cody. I was kind of on the fence about this last year too, about like, do I, I I don't want to say that I want to tank, but the wins after we fired Matt rule and this team team started to come together and actually look like a team, like they wanted to win when they started to gel. I felt so good after that. I'll never pull for us to tank again, to be honest with you. The, the win, the feelings after those wins, you never pulled just for amazing. Us to tank in the first place, then, if that's how you felt. That, and maybe it is. You know, like I said, I, I was kind of on the fence about wanting to feel that way because I do want a good draft pick. But at the same time, those feelings felt so good. Remember how excited we were when we came on here, even after a loss, like in the Atlanta game? Like it's crazy. And I love having that feeling in football again. What you really want to do instead, what you want in a tank year is for your team to just be competitive in the actual game, but always lose. So the Sundays yeah. are fun to watch, but you're like, Oh, I wish we would have lost by three, yeah. I guess. Right. But the tank is look, look, that's just it. You get the draft pick you get. I don't know if you should. I understand institutional rebuilds. See, we use tanking too loosely, right? There's a difference between contractually restructuring your team refocusing the direction of your team and not trying to make this a must win season, right? Like is ultimately that's the question, what you're going forward to now, if we think about Aaron Rodgers, who I think needs to go to Miami. Um, but when you talk about any player that comes across the waiver wire, whether it be Jalen Ramsey to whatever, are you just trying to get better incrementally? But some teams are trying to get it done now. And we're not in that range. 
you know, it's just that far. So you have to kind of figure out what you want the ultimate ideal goal to be as clearly as win a Super Bowl. But as an institutional rebuild, you're not out there going, oh, we don't want you to win the actual game. You're just shedding big contracts. You're positioning yourself to have a lot of draft picks. So if you want to move up, you could move up right now. And think about that. Actually, let's go to the Christian McCaffrey news. Yeah. yeah. uh, Let's talk about that. See, and that's the kind of thing when we talk about these quarterbacks. I just want to know what the real goal is. Is it stumbling along trying to hopefully stumble into success or is it really positioning yourself in a way that when the opportunity is there to strike? Like if you were investing in a stock account, Cody, and we had a certain amount of money and the market's just not where it needs to be for you to sell and buy, if you're not moving those assets – you're not really like tanking. It's just you structuring your accounts and timing the way you want to do it. So I don't think, you know, like I can root for them to win on Sunday and also root for them to have a rebuild in the background. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you laid it out. Perfect. Ideally you want your guys to be competitive, but if you know, you need a quarterback and you know it's going to benefit you to lose. It's like in the back of your head, maybe you're you're, you're feeling that you're wanting to lose. But again, Tony, the, my, my entire point was that this season, it was different from previous years because even at the very end of the season, we were still playing for something. Yeah, the NFC South was bad, but as long as you have the chance to compete, I just think that you have to pull for your squad, man. I and, think once uh, you promoted once you promoted Steve Wilkes to that position, you yeah. got better. You just got naturally better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For and sure. so the idea then is I don't even think you could tank better than what Houston and the Bears did. Like I think even if we tried to tank, we would still be like two picks ahead of where we're at now. Yeah, well, it's, but, it's um, funny because Houston even almost won a few big games they, <laughs> they shouldn't have won, you know. Yeah. Are they number one? What's the order, real quick? The first three. Chicago's number one, Houston's number two, Arizona number three. Then Indy. And Arizona has hinted that they want to trade down. Yeah, Indy's number four. Now that's interesting. Okay. Trading down right. with Arizona. Hmm. And that's what everybody's saying, too. So, for example, uh, Anthony brought this up on the free for all. Like, what if, let's say, uh, the Colts, they jump up to number one? And they take Bryce Young. And then number two, let's say, like what Joe said, the Houston Texans want the bigger prospect, and they go Will Levis. Okay, if C.J. Stroud is no sitting way. there at number three, would you move up to number three yes. to yes. get C.J. Stroud? But he's not going going to be there. Is that people are saying AR-15 may be the number one pick. I think C.J. Stroud turns out to be the number one pick. Mm. I think he has the size, the necessary mobility, right? It's just necessary to move touch, around. Touch on the football. Yeah, like foot three, big hands. Let me ask you this, Tony. Yeah, he's the would number one a, pick of the draft. That's what this. I would do. Now, I know you're saying that you expect him to fall, but that's also not you saying that you don't like him. Who? Bryce Young. Right. 
Oh, okay, so let me ahead. ask you. So let me ask you this: Would you I've be struggle with this question? Would you be okay drafting? So let's say the same thing, but in this scenario, C.J. Stroud goes number one. Yeah. Then Will Levis goes number two, or or Richardson. Richardson yeah, or Richardson, whatever. Then would Levis. you be okay going to number three for Bryce Young? I don't know. On the spot, peer pressure. Peer no, pressure. Um, yeah, no. No, no. And this is the reason why. No, it's like I just, God, I don't want to have to give up five years. I know of shit Me for a guy that you don't feel incredibly fantastic. Now, if he dropped to six the six pick or something like, and yeah. like it didn't take, like if it just took this year's first, a second from this year and like a second and a third from next year, or the Christian McCaffrey. All right. I'll move up three picks, but I don't know if I'm ready to put two first round picks for a guy that's five eleven, and, and I just feel like it's a little oh, rich of a bet for me, but if he comes, my question really is this is, if he's at the consensus number one right now and has been for so long, if he gets there at nine, right, you have to, you mean like, wouldn't that be the most ideal situation is that people kind of get a little concerned about his size. They fall in love with some other guys. Somebody trades back and does something weird. And maybe you're there at seven or nine. Yeah. But also you just remember- have to pull it right. But remember a few years ago, though, you were all in on Tua. You really liked to use yeah, Tua Tagovailoa coming yeah. out of Alabama. And yeah, okay, what, maybe Remember Tua? that tank for Tua? Oh, he's yeah, a great know, example of like, what I'm talking about, actually, is the guy who has been the number one, who has the tape, who has the advance and yeah. polish. But, but Tua also had all the... Him. Tua had the injury history, though. He, he did got have the injury. He did have the injury, but exactly, another reason he went from being the guy to a guy i was at one point tank for tua on this show and i would say this is if tua was there at nine i would take him but like what what i'm saying is is though like if you if you like tua i would argue that you should like bryce young even more i do but i don't know i I didn't say trade up Five years of picks for two of those. No, I I hear you, but dude, like, and that's why I said at the start of the show, the the Panthers are basically turning over every rock to see what's underneath. I think we should what's behind every door. I don't think the Carolina Panthers right now really know what they want to do because I think whenever we balk at the amount that it would take to trade up, they probably think that that that's really expensive, also. So they're exploring every option that they have available to them right now. And the evaluation that they do on each of the four quarterbacks this year, it's going to be the most important set of quarterback evaluations in the history of the Carolina Panthers. This this is what's infuriating to me, Cody, is that all of these questions are fine if we just got this guy at nine, whoever he is. Pick whatever quarterback you want and say they were at nine. The automatically the trading of into any top five or top 10 picks is just very expensive. It doesn't even matter if it's just yeah. swapping up one pick no or doubt. something. No doubt. It is expensive. 
But we should have then, and people are going to hate me in the chat. We should have just drafted Justin Fields then. If that's what you want is like what you're talking about. Every one of these guys is just Justin Fields. They are just, just Justin Fields. And he was there for us. And he had all basically the same question marks that any of these dudes had. I hear you. I I, like Justin. I liked him. Right. But I just don't like the idea of leapfrogging for guys. Yeah. That I don't that have a question mark. Now, by the way, this is what Anthony's call was saying too. He's like, if we would have lost a few more, we wouldn't even be having to worry about this. But right. Nah, I don't think that's the case. How many more? Maybe one more. We'd have been down to about six. Yeah, but even even still, even six might not be enough. And and that's my question to you guys. What is the contingency plan? What if we're at nine and there's a rush on quarterbacks and we don't get one? Hand in her guys. Trade get back. the fuck out. Get out. Trade back. Yeah. But yeah. also, like, build what, up. What are we build gonna up, do? Build up draft capital for next year. I would trade yeah, back a Will little Greer, bit. Or not Will Greer. Uh, uh, better than overpaying. There is a picture okay. floating around on. I've been trying to track it down on Instagram or whatever, and I saw it in a news article. It's like, oh, this trending picture, and a lady bought a nineteen ninety nine. Ford Escort or some shit like that on an eight year loan, and her payment is $219 a month. So this car is like 25 years old. She's on an eight year loan, and the payments are over like $220 or some shit like that. It's like the worst. I just don't want to overpay for a nice Camry. That's the situation that we find ourselves in, man. I, and you know, a lot of people are saying, "Well, next year, uh, they have two prospects that would be ranked higher than any guy in this year's class, in Caleb Williams and Drake May." And you know, if you have a bunch of teams that restock on quarterback this year, maybe next year there aren't so many quarterback needy teams at the top of the draft. Maybe if you did trade back you would have the potential to maybe see what you have in a Matt Corral and a veteran, like a, maybe even like a Jacoby Brissett. And then next year, you know, you have enough. Maybe if you have one or two picks in the first round, you can go up and grab your guy. There's so much, man. There's so much at stake right now. That's it's why not I, our year. It's but not that's our why, year to trade that's up. Why, say that, man. No, to not, I don't, I just don't want to trade up. I don't want to trade you, up, but I'm so done being like, Ready for next year, ready for next year before the year even starts. Bryce Young's so slipping to us that. at nine, dude. It's happening. I'm that willing would be to either CJ. So, uh, white chocolate, he thinks that it's possible. Stroud, no way, Impossible. yeah, I don't think so either. But the, the point being, everybody has their idea of why one of these prospects might fall. So, um, come on, if, he, if he's the consensus number one and somehow. He's there. Imagine if one of these guys fell and the Panthers just picked like a defensive tackle. <laughs> that's a terrible <laughs> We're like, yeah. what? Uh, 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 did we do CMC? No, let's do it. Let's All do right. it. Let's talk about CMC. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, during the Super Bowl week, he went on the Bussin' with the Boys podcast. Uh, that's Taylor Lewan show, former left tackle for the Tennessee Titans. And uh, he was very candid, very open and honest about how he felt when he left the Carolina Panthers 
Tony, do you want to play through some of these clips? So many emotions. And the first emotion is probably anger. Like, man, you guys don't want me anymore. Like, that's really what it is. You know, you can call it what it is. Well, they got a lot for you. It's like, nah, like you're, you think you're better off without me. That's what it is. Damn. This is, uh, that was Christian McCaffrey on Bussing with the Boys. Uh, and and he was kind of led into that question of hair by the other guy who is from Nebraska, who I like. I think he's the star of the show with the brass. Will Compton. Yeah, like he's cool. Yeah, Will's uh, cool. And he did what interviewers should do is like, what you know, how did you feel as a player getting the news that you were traded? When did it piss you off? And I love to hear this. And this might be the worst picture on the right you could ever find a Christian McCaffrey, bro. <laughs> yeah, but that's why I put it up there. I didn't even like, think that was him. Like, it looks like, uh, I, you know, I know it's him because of how red the top of his head is because he wears his helmet so fucking tight. Yeah, he always no, he has a big old Not a flattering picture of him. Not a flattering picture of him. But that's why I put it because it was like, man, this is his down in the dumps time in Carolina. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like he was feeling good uh, right here. And it didn't uh, sound like it was feeling good in that. Um, in that uh clip but you know he does make a point though if you think about it it's like you know if you're a if you're a football player and a team decides to trade you somewhere else what they are essentially telling you that they believe their future has more potential to be brighter without you than with you and by getting the number of picks that we ended up getting for Christian McCaffrey um but it was funny that he said um you know, he he never had he never saw it coming. He wanted to be a Panther forever. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that clip. The thing that if that that's the feeling you want from a competitor, right? We always try to read into every single word any one of these guys says, and you want to be like, oh, he's a fighter, he's scrappy. We want to hear him being upset because he thinks he's a dog. They these guys are the one percent of the one percent of the one percent. They expect to succeed in every scenario, and he is arguably the best running back in the entire league. If he feels like that by being traded, I wonder how a running back feels when Cody Lasty or any other draft person or GM guru says, Oh, you shouldn't build around a running back. I think Christian McCaffrey just sees himself as the best dude on the fucking football field. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. He might I'm the be best. Wrong. I'm the I, best. I like that competitive edge, and I think Christian McCaffrey does have that, and it's the reason why he probably felt this way immediately. But I can say that at least we didn't do him dirty. We traded him to San Francisco. No, I agree. He, he went to a great team that can use him well. Like We, we didn't like trade him to the Bears. Or something and like that, you know. He and here's a little bit. Here's Christian McCaffrey talking about as these discussions emerged and his going into this season and wondering if he was going to be traded. Let's see what he said about that experience. You know, you hear about it, but you never. I don't know. I, I for me, I never thought I'd get traded. I thought I was a Panther forever. I'm like, I bought a house there. This is home. And uh, I'd heard the rumors in the off season. So I, you know, obviously I, I called the GM. I'm like, Hey man, just, you know, I just need to hear it from you. Any, any truth. And he, he was super honest. He's like, look, absolutely not. We don't want to do this, you know, but we'll listen to everything. And that's, that's fair. I'm like, sounds good. Just let me know. But I went into the season, man. I'm like, look, I'm all in. It is what it is. I, 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 st- I legitimately forgot about that. 
Scott Fitterer, um, just being consistent, he said that from the beginning. He's been open about this is my job, but I love the way uh, it looks like Christian McCaffrey had a stand-up experience with the Panthers front office about how this was, and realistically, they were going through this. Now, as we think about this with our teammates, you know, I'm going to be honest, and I don't want to fight away from bad my, my takes in the past. My my job on this show is not to be right. It's just to be a fan and react. I like Christian McCaffrey, but I thought he was undersized. I was worried about him coming in, right? Mm -hmm. I saw how, and I was like, I thought Leonard Fournette, who, by the way, was just released by the Buccaneers. And you know what? I don't want to shit on Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has had a respectable he won a Super Bowl ring, had career, and he came back after adversity where people stopped giving up. He lasted in the league longer than I thought he was after I saw his first three years. I thought this is I had concerns about CMC in the NFL, and people told me he's special, that this and that, and I go, well, man, is he going to hold up? And now there were some injury stuff. Maybe Bryce Young is our next CMC. People tell us that he's too small. He can't do it. There's too much to be worried about. And my, he might be the fucking best player in the NFL. Bryce Young, Carolina this. Panther. It, maybe so. And, and listen, I, I do want to say this about Bryce. His pocket awareness may be some of the best I've ever seen from a college prospect. And, and, and there is a lot of truth to the fact that his Alabama offensive line this year it wasn't as good as Alabama O-lines have been in the past. So he actually did deal with a good bit of pressure. And I'll say this, and uh, people said this about Kyler Murray coming out of his draft, is that he did a good job of protecting himself. If you're going to be smaller, do a good job of protecting yourself and not taking too much unnecessary damage. I think Bryce does a really good job of that. And his field vision is general level. Like he knows when the guys are coming open. He knows when to step up, just to step to the side a little bit, throw a BB to the dart of the end zone. He can do all those things, man. Um, he's gonna he be just, a Panther, bro. He's gonna be he's a Panther. A, he's, a, he's a conundrum, man. I'll, I'll tell you that. If you're a general manager, you're gonna really find out what your worth is this year evaluating these quarterbacks because there's would literally you rather trade up from nine actually here let's do one cmc last the last clip and okay. i have one question about that uh christian mccaffrey that t- spoke a little bit on the experience of going from one team to another um on busting with the boys today let me make sure i got the right clip. take a big breakup and you don't get any chance after yeah, the, yeah. The they break up into a next relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. immediately don't immediately even like, not even like the courting process of the other relationship right. like, i'm healthy oh, to leave this yeah. one i go this one your ex picks your next chick yeah she's gonna be great to be you. she's yeah. gonna be fantastic i hope she's good and she was <laughs> yeah she was um, there oh, yeah. had to be a little bit of like carolina you know i am a sucker for these Instagram, what's his girl again? Uh, the I, I like her a lot. Olivia Culpo. Oh yeah, Olivia Culpo. And uh, he's sitting here. Imagine this. 
Imagine literally that analogy that they just made. He's one of the best players in the NFL. He wants to live in the marriage or whatever with the Carolina Panthers. They break up with him and they arrange his next marriage. Imagine if Olivia Copa <laughs> broke up with him and then arranged a hotter, more wonderful. Ch- and she loves him. She's at all his games. She's always, or at least they're making that. They've been together for a while. She recommended that he go and be like, with her. Who best is the friend. next girl? Who and is it's, the, and it's a, it's it's the a perfect step match. up? Who is the step up? Well, the 49ers. The right. West Coast. I was asking. The I was like, is the it West, Katie the West, Holmes? Is it? No, that's the Southern California girl with the golden blonde hair. Yeah. That's, Who would it uh, be? Who would be the step up from Olivia Culpa? If you got that, think about what he just said in that seat. He's like, what if my girlfriend, who is Olivia Culpa, <laughs> broke up with me and then picked my next girlfriend and she was super hot and well, awesome? Listen, like, don't we all agree that? And I think we agreed at the time that the trade happened. This is literally the best case scenario for Christian. You oh, know, totally. He, yeah, he went totally. to it's an incredible team. team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, he honestly went, went to the perfect coach. Yep. There is no coach in the NFL that is going to utilize Christian McCaffrey and all of his talents better than, than Kyle Shanahan. I, I will say, though, if we do end up getting our quarterback of the future through this draft, it is going to be a little bit sad that we didn't get the opportunity to pair that quarterback with Christian McCaffrey. That's going to burn a little, but poor guy. You know what? He's just like always going to be with a quarterback. That's like Brock Purdy or whatever. Poor Christian. Imagine if he was on a good team. We need to, uh, we're missing the pipes. Yeah. We're we missing are, the uh, pipes. Uh, our, our boy. CK had to uh he had to jump off a little bit early but 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 fortunately uh for us the bad da- the bad daddy has made us all kinds of badass bumpers baby you have been subscriber shamed 151 people watching 59 thumbs up Hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit that notification bell for every single time the C3 Panthers podcast goes live. We do this year round. We never take days off, baby. We're here all year round. We appreciate each and every single one of you. And uh, like we said earlier, man, we just got to 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. We love y'all, man. We've been doing this for such a long time. And we wouldn't still be doing it if it wasn't for y'all. Incredible C3 Panthers podcast fans. We love y'all. Y'all make this show what it is. It's a fan. It's a show for the fans by the fans. So we appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out with us. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's keep going through with a couple of calls. People's voice. Here are your cat calls. Hi, what's up, Tony? What's up, Cody? What's Rich. up, all the Gregs and everybody else out there? Rich in the UK. Um, just, yeah, phoning in to say what a great off-season so far. 
the NFL does nothing better than sell hope and the coaching hire and all of the people that they've picked up. Absolutely amazing. Can't believe it. Um, yeah. Cool. Hope springs eternal. It's fantastic. Um, looking forward to the underwear Olympics this week. Um, see what happens. I'm not really sure where we're at in the draft at the moment. Um, be interested to see uh, the touring social media. I think there's quite a lot of support for Matt Corral to have a crack next season. Um, I don't think we're going to get Bryce Young, so I don't know. CJ Stroud would probably be my favourite of those of the top four. Um, but are they really going to be any better? I don't know. You guys are going to discuss it all and chop it up. But um still listening in, still here, and uh looking forward to the coming up season. I'm sure I'll phone in again. But anyway, give us your thoughts on Matt Corral versus these guys. I know Cody's got some thoughts on it, as always, but I'm sure the rest of you have. Anyway, keep pounding, guys. Good to talk to you. Keep pounding. Rich Kingston, we love you, brother. Appreciate your continued support after all these years, man. I mean, yeah, listen, I, I know that I'm bigger on Matt Corral than a lot of other people. Um, I still want to see him get his chance. I believe if you look at his resume and his numbers and his stats and his completion percentage, if you put him on paper next to Richardson and Levis, I'm sorry, Matt Corral is a better prospect. More passing yards, less interceptions, more rushing yards, more rushing touchdowns. I mean, if you were just doing a blind comparison of those quarterbacks, then yeah, he would. Yeah, I think he would be uh, better than both of them, and he would have a leg up on both of them. Uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and uh, Hendon Hooker—they probably have the gaudier numbers. Although, actually, Bryce Young this year, his numbers were very comparable to what Matt Corral did his final year at Ole Miss. So, listen, it's a, it's a. It's a hell of a conversation to have. Uh, Matt Corral has that incredible whip-like throwing motion. He can run really, really fast. Um, He's probably quarterback three or four this year, and that's just because you have some guys that have a lot of physical upside that he probably doesn't have. You know, he's not 235 pounds as much as we might like him to be. He's not six foot four, not short either. He's only six foot two. So, um, yeah, I like Matt Corral. I- I'm also a realist. I-, I believe that this new regime probably won't give him the chance that I want to see him get in the NFL. So the only thing that we can hope for at this point is that the coaching staff will give him an honest assessment and evaluation this year during training camp. Cody, right. oh, well, Cody if you were ever right about anything – I hope you're right about this because Matt Corral being the answer is the best possible scenario for Carolina. It really is just because we already have him. How big his head will be. Oh, I I don't imagine if Matt Corral turns out to be the answer. I hope so badly. You're right. Cody will float right out of that chair into like, he'll be like the (laughs) up. Oh dude. No, no. And you won't be able to run from me on the podcast or on Twitter (laughs) up in the sky, like a magic man in a balloon. That head would be so big. Yeah, Yeah. man. I hope it happens, man. I'm pulling for it. I'm pulling for I love the underdog story. And to me, Matt Corral has the perfect underdog story. And all of all of Panther fan base has already written him off. Uh, and, and him and, and, and Shy Smith are the next Delome and Steve Smith. 
Boom. See, didn't I love it? I love it. Let's go to the next call. Hey, it's White Chocolate Espresso. How y'all fellas doing tonight? I'm doing amazing. Oh, look at this. You know why? Because I just got done watching Cocaine Bear. Oh, the most greatest, amazing movie ever made. I love it. Since a month ago. Sharknado. (laughs) It's fucking awesome. Can you guess what happens? I can tell you. Spoiler, a bear does cocaine and murders a bunch of people. It's fucking amazing. I'm in. But I think there's, there's deeper meaning to it, you know. There's subtext to it. It's oh, a yeah. it's about you know, us as a country and our animal instincts. Oh and how we can hyper super those instincts with machinery. Okay. <laughs> or it's just about a bear doing cocaine and killing a bunch of people. Yeah, that too. But uh yeah, yeah I, I got nothing about the Panthers. <laughs> nothing at all. I just want to talk about Cocaine Bear. It's a great movie. Dude, it had like a crazy opening. The best night. movie ever made yeah, in the last month or two. Better than Ant-Man. Fuck Ant-Man. Ant-Man <laughs> Cocaine Bear. I didn't see anybody doing cocaine in Ant-Man, so Cocaine Bear. A plus. Cocaine Bear is a production, Greg, that should be seen as part of us. Like, yeah. this is a cultural creation, ultimately, by, like, what we want as the people in the internet. You know, it's just perfect. It's like, oh, wait. We're going to make a well, decent movie out of things that we would all joke about on the internet? Also, it's Ray Liotta's last movie Ex- ever. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, there's a lot of great things about this movie. I mean, it's Ray Liotta's last movie. It's based on a true story. It's uh, dramatized, of course, for the actual movie. But It's like, barely the based film, on true. Based Have you on, read the... Not, it's not, a cool not story. A story. Based on. that. That's the trick, is putting the word <laughs> based on beforehand. So the, Do you know the some story? Of these things, yeah, I know the story. There's actually the Bears in Kentucky, in a mall in Kentucky. You can go see it. Um, but it's the other thing, can you tell the story Banks? real quick? Because huh? he was a, can you tell the story real quick? Is, yeah. Yeah. Was he was a, a former drug agent. The guy that was trying to smuggle all the cocaine in. Yeah. Yeah. He was, was like a it was, Georgia FBI mm-hmm. agent or something. And then he was like, I got to get out of this plane. And he, <laughs> what do you have? Like, he was like two more pounds than he needed. Uh, I can't remember the exact splat. amount. But yeah, yeah. He he just tossed it out. The bear actually took it all, and and like he I said, died I in someone's front yard. You know mm-hmm. that part? Is that yeah. like what happened? Is he was like jumping, dumping this shipment out. He's a former police officer, a narcotic guy, and then the planes come, and he thinks he's wor- he's worried. He's probably high off of the shit or whatever, and he starts dumping it out. But he jumps out with a parachute. And tries to go. Who was that guy that robbed the bank that everybody always like? Prison Break talks about it. The the one guy that robbed the bank and jumped out in the airplane, or not? He didn't rob a bank, or he took the plane by hostage, or whatever. It's a famous story. Anyway, the guy jumps out of this airplane trying to pull that mug. DB Cooper. DB Cooper. Thank you. And he just weighed like 25 pounds more than the whole shit could handle. Like he just, if he would have just gone one last key Mm -hmm. and then someone found him dead in the front yard. And then this story is birthed. Yeah. We're so off topic, but if you ever want to go down a rabbit hole, let's uh, do it. There was like, there have been like five different people 
who have come out and said that they were the real D.B. Cooper. And oh, nice. there's this one Netflix documentary that shows you each and every one of the people that is suspected. And like a lot of them have a good case for being D.B. Cooper. It's Greg, actually you, really fucking crazy. Greg, have you jumped out of an airplane before? Never. I want to, but never You have. do? Fuck yeah, I definitely that. want to. Yeah. Oh, man, it'd be so great. <clears throat> nah, like... um. I mean, like I would if I had to, like if I had 240 kilos of cocaine and I was worried about getting caught, I guess I would jump out of an airplane. But I'm just trying to take that airplane to Las Vegas and watch like the Panthers play the Raiders or something. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, Let's go to the next call. This is a little off topic. Uh, oh, well, another one. Perfect timing. I wish the Panthers would change their uniform. Uh or at least wear black at home. Maybe the uh, black yeah. helmet they wore that Thursday night. It was great. Uh, but I'm tired of wearing white. It just don't look good enough. And, you know, never had back-to-back winning seasons. Uh, new coach. Relatively new owner. Trying to get things right. I would just like to see them change their uniforms. And maybe wear black at home if they don't want to change them. And... Maybe change the helmet to the black one or anything else. I don't really care. I'm just tired of the white mainly. I just don't think it looks intimidating enough for a home football team to be in solid white. Just my thoughts. Thank you. Hmm. They do talk about the heat early in the season being problematic for, and if you want to get a an, an advantage over your opponent, you make them wear the dark color and you wear the light color. So I could see the first three or four games question is is like how much do you mix it up the panthers i you know what i was slightly underwhelmed greg with the black on black on black last year i kind of was too man it was the flat black helmets i think is what right they, they and i don't know black. i wanted it for so long mm-hmm. like i built the hype up in my head yep. so much and then it looked good and yep. we won we won i told you the helmet and the mismatch was the problem that was the curse, but I always thought the mocks mock-ups look better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I really liked it and I would prefer that if, if we totally went to a black helmet all the time, I'd be okay with that. But I think the gloss black is where it needs to go. Like incorporate the gloss black and some like electric blue. So it's like Carolina yeah, or do something to really the good. face guard or something to make yeah. it pop a little bit more. It was cool. But I had built it up for so long as this, what we, the internet had built it up. And then I was like, this is it. And we won. I told you that was the curse. Let's go to the next call. What's up, C3? It's JJ. Um, What's up, JJ? I just wanted to call in. Hope you guys are having a good day. Um, I had kind of a little question or a game, I guess, whatever. Uh, Which do you guys like? What, what part of the team do you guys think will exceed expectations next year? And which part of the team do you think might take a step back? Um, in my opinion, I, I fear the offensive line might take a step back. And that's Panthers fan, you know. So that being like our one really good O-line season we've had in like the past decade. I pray to God that doesn't happen. But like... At the same time, if we're keeping it real, 
eh, Christensen and Corbett, you know, if, if they don't return as like the same player, I wouldn't be surprised. Leg injuries for linemen are always terrible. Um, and we still got to resign Bozeman. Like, why don't we have that finished yet? So I'm praying that the old line can keep things together. But if we're being honest, I wouldn't be surprised if that took a step back. Or even if Aki had a sophomore slump, you know. But but he's the GOAT, so we won't care about that. Um, and I think Derek Brown's going to have a big-time season this year. You know, I know the 3-4, everybody's looking at Brian Burns. But I feel like that's going to... We're going to yeah. need to rely on Derek Brown to be the main man up the middle yeah, no a lot more often now because the 3-4 is normally not good against the run. So we're going to need Derek Brown to take a step up in terms of playing that formation. And I think he's up for the test. You know, I really believe in Derek Brown. I always have. I didn't want – well, I wanted Isaiah Simmons at the draft. But I've always been cool with Derek Brown just because I feel like he's helped out so much stopping the run so he's um, been yeah, good in Carolina I, I feel like the, that's who's going to exceed expectations and who's going to maybe maybe take a decline from last year but tell me your thoughts on the situation um, another day of being a Panthers fan and not knowing who our quarterback is going to be take care JJ appreciate the call bro I mean I would say that's a pretty good assessment I mean, knowing that Austin Corbett's coming off of an ACL tear, Brady Christensen uh, had an ankle sprain, I believe. So, it, yeah, it's reasonable to uh, assume that this offensive line could take a step backward. And it's a little bit deflating to say, you know, it's like last year for the first time, we finally saw this offensive line perform at a level. Got to keep putting horses in the stable, baby. Yeah, and no, that's a Just great point. Maybe, them. maybe, maybe in this year's draft, maybe it would be prudent to take another shot on a couple guard prospects. Uh, a little bit later in the draft. Just or in the second. Of, Fuck it. I wouldn't even be upset. Yeah, I'd rather no. have a great guard than Terrace Marshall Jr. Yeah, I mean, you're always rebuilding that offensive line and build that. You know, like we were saying for years, we, we took back that saying from yeah. its original meaning. Build that wall meant build that wall in Carolina and build that offensive line. That's what we wanted to do. The one that I think could take the an unexpected step forward, you know, maybe the linebacker core. Maybe, um, you know, Brandon Smith steps up in a big way. Maybe if we add someone in the draft like a Trenton Simpson, you know, maybe that'll continue to make things a little bit better. Maybe if Jeremy Chen decides to go back to the linebacker position. Yeah, I don't I don't think that it would that the linebacker core for the Carolina Panthers, I don't think it needs too much work to be one of the, you know, a really good, fast and efficient linebacker core for the Panthers, especially compared to what we've had in the past. I would rather for the Panthers to draft a top fleet offensive lineman than to miss on a quarterback not or trade up and all of that jazz. And could there be a better time to watch cocaine bear than on that giant big screen at bank of America with Robbie Anderson? 
and you oh, go, yeah. what's that bear doing? And you what's that bear go, doing? Cocaine. I think that would be if I had a dream tonight. I hope that's what I dream. Me watching Cocaine Bear at Bank of America with Robbie Anderson and him saying, "What's that bear doing?" That cocaine would be, <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, uh that would be pretty cool man gosh that would be ridiculous and let's go ahead. by the way i hope he's chosen that moment because uh, that's his new name hey, uh, he's definitely chosen yeah. let's uh go actually dan said make that meme it would be a great please we got to do that greg actually that is the most important thing is what's that bear doing Cocaine bear on the and put it on the, the jumbo <laughs> uh, Oh my god, we gotta do that. Let's go to the next call. I say no to Derek Carr, period. It's just not a situation that would work out for either party. As far as having a veteran on the team, I would say that it's absolutely necessary, except for one thing that could change that, and that's the fact that uh we have the quarterback coach, uh, can't think of his name right now, uh, McCown, Josh McCown. Uh, he could be like the veteran that helps him out, even though he's a coach. But otherwise, I would say you do have to have a veteran with a rookie quarterback. And I've looked at the tape on the quarterbacks, and I can tell you my opinion, and I'm not an expert, but Bryce Young's by far the best. He's so small. It's a little bit scary. CJ Stroud is the one is the one to me that's closest to a can't miss as far as at least being an average quarterback and not a bust. He could be better than that. Uh Levis has all the intangibles. Quick release. Tough, tough player. Good player. Uh erratic at times. But he didn't, he wasn't on a very good team. And Anthony Richardson, if you watch any expert break down his film, you'll see that Florida's offense, in most people's opinions, was kind of poorly ran. They had multiple receivers in the same area so many times. I mean, how muddy does that make the picture for the quarterback? And he was, he was only in his first year. So I'm not saying he's not raw, he is. But I wouldn't look at his completion percentage and say that's what he's going to be for sure. He's only like 21 years old. And if the offense was ran in a way that muddied the pitcher for the quarterback, I would say whatever his 50-some percent, he would be way better than the NFL. That's just my opinion. And I'll be honest, I, I'll be – if we get any one of those four, it wouldn't matter to me which one. I can see a reason to be happy. Uh, love the show, guys. Thanks. Good way to look at it. I love it. Uh, yeah. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. Short one, still about the uniforms. One more thing on the uniforms. I hate to harp on it, but uh, I like the blue, too. I forgot to mention that in the first uh, my first call when I called about the uniforms. But... Uh, my point is, when the visiting team comes in and you're wearing white, I mean, we're not even wearing our team colors until late in the season. 
that's ridiculous to me. We should at least wear panther blue or panther black or something. The white don't even say Carolina Panthers. Uh, that's all. I just had to get that off my chest. I'm sick of white. I, I, I hear you, man. And uh, I've been saying for a long time, you know, a lot of people get too connected to, oh, man, the Panthers have that 90s nostalgic throwback look. And now I'm not shitting on our outfits on our jerseys by any means, but other teams, teams that have a longer history than us have been able to effectively navigate a really nice uniform redesign. And I feel like the Carolina Panthers could easily use an update to, to their, uh, to their jerseys and to their trousers, man. I, I think that it's been past time for an update to the look of the Carolina Panthers. So I think that would be cool. I don't know how likely it is. Another thing that you have to worry about is that if you do redesign your outfits and your uniforms, which I don't even think that's what the caller is doing. He just wants to see more black, which I I think most of us would agree we want to see that too. Yeah, totally. But if you do try and do a different look, you also run the risk of putting out something that your fans can't stand. You know, they, they don't like the new design. They look terrible. So, I don't know. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. But I agree. I would like to see them do something different with our colors. I mean, I mean the same colors, but in a new design, rather. You know, I'll be honest. I didn't like the black bottoms and white tops a lot to begin with. But the more I've seen them, the more they've grown on me. I don't like the all white uniforms myself either. But the black bottoms and white tops have kind of grown on me over the last couple of years. Okay. I don't know why. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, what's up, C3? Um, <clears throat> I think that a quarterback will fall to us, but I think it's going to be like Levis and or Richardson is what it's looking like right now. And I'm not. I kind of think Richardson at this moment, I think he's not that bad. Well, Is that it? That it? All right. All right. Well, let's go to the next call. Oh, you know, that was Arjunal. He did hey, guys. go past his first hey. call. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Yep. It's the crowd with me somehow, a.k.a. Joey the Blind Panther. I got something to say. I bet I had this hot take stewing. I had it stewing, guys. If you're the Ravens, Lamar Jackson is just as good as Derek Carr. You know why? Because John Harbaugh is a really good coach. And at least Derek Carr is going to be there in the postseason when you need him the most. And he's not going to be injured or a healthy scratch. <clears throat> Omar Jackson. It doesn't matter how fast they are. Oh, and remember when I used to say Lamar Jackson plays football like Cam Newton? Oh, yeah, well, now everybody else is saying it. Like, my blind ass saw it before the rest of the world did. So uh, I wonder what they got to say about that. And uh, I heard this thing about Carson Wentz coming to the Panthers. And Frank Reich already tried it with that bum like two years ago when he was in Indianapolis. Now, I don't know that he's going to give Carson Wentz another chance. But if we're that desperate for a quarterback, I 
will quit my job and suit up and play quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And I'm sure I'd be better than Carson Wentz. I heard that and I looked at my other friend that was like across the across the table from me and I said, Kiki, I'm going to be a Ravens fan if that shit happens. Because she is a Ravens fan and she's like, uh-oh. And I'm like, yeah, uh-oh is right. Yeah, no Carson Wentz. Dude's a bum. I yeah, wish yeah, they yeah, were nobody so bad his ass. And not Santa Claus or they booed Santa Claus or whatever, whatever the hell those savages did. Anyway, guys. Hey, can I agree that I don't want Carson Wentz? But Joey, you're crazy if you're trying to compare Lamar Jackson and Derek Carr. Like, <laughs> absolutely insane. There's no way. Did he say? Derek Carr is or Lamar Jackson is as good as Derek Carr, meaning Derek Carr is better and Lamar Jackson goes up to that level because there's absolutely no way. I don't know if that's necessarily what he meant. I think when you consider his playoff record, the injury history, the guaranteed dollars, maybe it's like you might as well sign Carr didn't have to give away all okay, of that. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And by and by the way, uh, I, I never miss super chats. Anthony Piccarello says, if y'all don't want Jesus Man, aka Derek Carr, to come here, trade up effective tomorrow. Appreciate can you, you Anthony. trade your draft? Like trade the draft right now? Yeah, like- right now you can. You, if you came to a deal. Or well, you might have to wait till after the league here, March fifteenth. Okay, I'm not entirely sure. Ah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> what do I need to do to it to make this uh, meme slap? Chat, tell me. Remove the background on the cocaine bear. And, and then what's behind? Put, oh, put the put, chairs. Put the yeah. oh, well, unless oh. you can, unless you can find the picture of Robbie Anderson where he's actually sitting next to. Who, who who did he ask? DJ Moore, I think he was asking who it was. Find that picture and then find a picture of the jumbotron and put. I like the Sir Kerr in it, looking at him. Uh, I have a good picture with the cocaine. I didn't bear want. The, I didn't want to use the one where he was in his car doing the. And he looks like um, you know. I don't want to make him. I'm not trying to overly make fun of him. <laughs> Why not? But it's perfect right now. I mean, he deserves it. What's that bear doing? Yeah. (laughs) That's cocaine bear. (laughs) Uh, It's so perfect. How do we... Oh, is that the shirt? What's that bear doing? Ooh. Cocaine. That's a good one. It's just a bear doing lines. (laughs) Or, no, I mean, we don't got to go that far. Like, oh, actually, (laughs) yeah. And then you don't have to use the word. Just do a Charmin bear and have him bent over like he's reaching for toilet paper. But it's yeah, really man, this is what right I now. really need. I really would hope one of our listeners one day was just a graphic designer who will donate a design to us because it costs so much to get shirts printed and this and that, and to pay for like someone's t- important time for that, and then the fees for the screen printing, and then twelve people buy the cocaine bear. The Rob, what's that bear doing, <laughs> dude? I like it. I'd wear it. Oh hell yeah! Actually, 
trademark, 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 trademark. Uh, last two calls, and they're both under a minute. Dope. <laughs> uh, hey, this is uh, Alice Saylor, but um, yeah, Stroud first pick, Bryce Young at nine. If we if he drops that far, I don't think he will. And Anthony Richardson, he's gonna go in like the top four or five. Mm, yep, agree, agree. There is, I think Stroud shoots to number one. See, my my thing is what what I'm just so frustrated about with people. I think people just get like ideas in their head about what's going to happen in the draft and start saying it. And I'm not saying anybody's wrong because we never know. But here's the thing: is like we haven't like before the season ended, Bryce Young was definitely over AR15 because you know AR. That's what I'm injured, saying. This right? is but now all of a sudden, psychology, bro. Nothing has changed, and everybody wants AR15 it's to psychology. jump up. To it. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Like absolutely nothing tells you. That anything is different from the end of the season, but all of a we sudden, we need a profiler. Yeah, we need to get an FBI profiler to sit with the GMs and see what's going to happen. Because you're right. That's my point about Bryce Young slipping. Mm-hmm. Is that like Nothing it just never is somebody you're going to fall in love with somebody because your girl is going as away at grad school, and you've been away for two months. This other girl, you know isn't as good as that girl, but she's there. She's here. <laughs> mm. Last call for right now. Hey, guys. Carolina Chuck here. Uh, Carolina sports guy, uh, a.k.a. Chuck from the city. Anyway, it's been a while, but I'm going to go ahead and put my take on this. I'm going to say in this draft, bad as everybody wants a quarterback, and I want one too, I think we're sitting at nine, a place that could trade down a few spots and, I really think the gym in this draft is Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. I just oh, think he's a day one starter, and it's going to play a viable role to whether <laughs> we get a young quarterback, Matt Corral, or get David Carr, or whatever we decide to do. I, I just think he'd be a valuable acquisition for us to make. Hey, uh, I, I like him. Yeah, I'll say Tony's not, yeah, like not having any of it. I'm sure. No, don't do no it tight like ends that. in the first round, right, Tony? Dude, Michael Mayer's a beast, man. He really is a beast. You're I know muted, Tony. Tony. I know Tony doesn't want to, but man, I might bend my take to no tight ends in the top twenty three or four, twenty five. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know I'm even, saying like even if you have that, a Gronkowski or a Kelsey. No tight think, ends. I, I don't think tight. You or an Olsen. Those guys are Olsen. all crazy. But you know what? Greg Olson was, I think, the 12th pick. Yeah. He went yeah. right ahead of us to the Bears. And the Bears, he wasn't good enough for them. I mean, they traded away. That was like the biggest steal for the Carolina Panthers. But basically, he reached his potential of being a 12th round, a 12th overall pick three years in. But didn't Kelsey you know, and Gronkowski do that too? I think like they're the all three. I think uh, Gronkowski was either uh, the last. What did you say, Cody? The last pick of the first round, or the first pick of the second round, or something like Gronk, that. Yeah, Gronk was the first pick of the second round, and Kittle was like a three. Kelsey was like a three. You know, I'm not saying that a I great think Kittle tight was end. Was fifth, I, I believe. Right. Wow. I'm not saying yeah. that a wonderful tight end like those guys could not change the dynamic of your team. It's just like, when was the last 
top 10 pick. OJ I think Tony, like, who is the greatest? Like, if you could pick one tight end in the history of football to be a top 10 pick, it's probably Tony Gonzalez. Uh, I'd take Gronk over Gonzalez, to be honest with you. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's very close. I don't want to talk trash about Gonzalez. He's amazing. But, I mean, you got got the list. You got, what, Shannon Sharp, Rob Gronkowski, Kelsey, and Tony Gonzalez. And then that's pretty much, for me, my top four tight ends ever. Throw throw Greg Olson. Antonio Gates, bro. Antonio Gates. Yeah, I forgot about him. He's in there. Yeah. So he's the first guy that that's what all these guys want is a big basketball player that's gonna catch a bunch of tight touchdowns. But you can get him in the third. That's all I'm saying. Maybe. My rule is don't pick him in the top 25. So I like that guy. Cody, those are all of our calls for the moment. Can we move on through with the news? What else? We missed the not missed the thing. We have a couple of things to talk about with the Carolina Panthers before. Yeah. So, um, Dan Orlovsky went on the Pat McAfee show, and he basically said that he had gotten a lot of traction uh, to potentially be a coach somewhere—not a head coach, but to join a staff—and he said that he came very close to joining the Carolina Panthers coaching staff. So the here guy we go. that called out everybody. Yeah, remember last year they were yeah. saying that Baker Mayfield and Christian McCaffrey, based on how CMC was lined up, he was tipping the play, like basically what it was going to be, if it was going to be a run or a pass. Yeah, uh, that was uh, Dan Orlovsky. And to me, this is an extension of David Tepper, man. Any of the people that have a good name connected to them who are known as being bright, uh, really good minds in football. David Tepper was willing to break out the pocketbook to get him there. And by the way, if any of you have been following Dan Orlovsky, he's a big fan of the Panthers, man. He really likes our chances to really be a contender in the NFC South. I mean, it seems like every time you see another news clip of him, he is saying something incredibly nice and optimistic about the Carolina Panthers. So, um, you know, uh, are, are you aware of Dan Orlovsky, Greg? I, know, I don't know if you watch a lot of. I, I, I am. He had the one that had the tweet about uh, Will Levis and how amazing that throw was. And he was talking about how it was from the 32 yard line, 32 yard line. I did the math. I'm like, well, that's on like 26 yeah. yards. Like, I mean, it, well, I, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, something like 26 yards. And I was like, yeah, or 36 yards. Yeah. And I was like, well, I mean, that's that's great. But I mean, I mean, it's not insanely impressive. I mean, it's a 36-yard pass. I would expect any quarterback in the NFL to be able to make a 36-yard out pass. You know, or pass to an out route. Excuse me. So, I mean, like, it it, it, it just didn't seem super impressive to me. Um, But, I mean, he... I, I don't really know much about him beyond that. And I'm yeah. not going to knock somebody from for one take, because I have a lot of takes that are crap. So... Every year... <laughs> I'm uh, definitely not it, knocking him for that. So, uh, Dan Olofsky famously one time ran out of the back of an end zone and then threw a pass. He used to play for the Detroit Lions. But every year he's been doing this analyst thing and he's been getting a lot better at it. And uh, he thinks that the Panthers are are a good spot to end up. So, that's interesting, though, that he was very nearly a uh, a Carolina Panther coach. Um, then I found this on Twitter from Warren Sharp. These are the number of passes 
that DJ Moore has caught from different quarterbacks throughout his career. And just to put in some context to how good DJ Moore has been, how consistent he has been with subpar quarterback play for such a long time, 147 passes from Sam Donald, which is the most. I thought it would have been Cam, but it's not. 128 passes from Cam, 115 passes from Kyle Allen, 102 from Teddy Bridgewater, 46 passes from Baker Mayfield, 8 from Taylor Heineke, 2 from Will Greer, 2 from Garrett Gilbert, and 1 for Jacob Eason, man. You have to give some credit to DJ Moore. He has been doing a whole lot with a whole lot of nothing. And this one graphic pretty much proves that. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, DJ Moore. What was the man. what was the uh, graphic I sent to you, Greg? Where it was the Commanders. Like this is kind of like the same thing yeah. here. Is who's fucking had the worst twenty run of quarterback since twenty eighteen. And I got to tell you, this is I've watched the Panthers and they've sucked at quarterback. But when you look at the names for the commanders, they're just downright depressing. And they've won more than we have. That's another <laughs> yeah. thing that's even fucking they've worse about it, Greg. With our old coach. So I'm just saying. It's yeah. Weird. Fucking weird. Uh, what do we got next? Um, Next up. We have some real clickbait, baby. Our boys at catcrave.com uh, put out a, a picture of Lamar Jackson and Bradley Bozeman together. Lamar Jackson scrubbed, Lamar, Lamar Jackson scrubbed his uh, social media of any relation to the Baltimore Ravens. Most people are thinking that Lamar is probably out of Baltimore. So with that said, Lamar Jackson himself likes the picture of him and oh, Bradley nice. Bozeman. Yeah, nice. he liked the picture of him and Bradley Bozeman with the cat crave uh, eyes. Was it the, the cat crave emoji. one that he liked? Oh, yeah. that's the one he liked because nice. um, Nikki put out a picture of like your, you need Bozeman? to come see your yeah you need to come see your nephew how much they love Lamar you should come to Carolina type thing like they were just being like they were just being cordial on the internet but he actually liked the cat crave one which is cool well, it's what would be better yeah what would be better for the Carolina Panthers now and later getting Lamar Jackson or getting say your pick of the litter in the first round and trading up. So you got to give away three first or whatever, say whatever the, like to get to three, say it's two first rounders, a couple of picks. Would you rather have the burden of Lamar Jackson or the burden of uncertainty with that rookie quarterback and the capital you got to give up in draft picks? That's a tough call, man. It really is because I would love to have Lamar Jackson but he is very injury prone. 
And I personally do not believe Lamar Jackson is going to be a 15-year quarterback in the NFL just because of his size. I don't want a 15. I just want five years of a quarterback. No, forget that, man. I want a guy that's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers for us. I want a 10-year quarterback that I can wear my When have we ever had one? That's why I want one. That's why right there is because we have never had one. I want a guy that I can call my quarterback for the next 10 years at least. And I don't know if Lamar's that guy. I think he's an amazing quarterback, but I don't know if in 10 years, if I'm going to be behind him to be like a contender for the Super Bowl or an MVP candidate the way he is now, 10 years from now. Cody, I'd rather have a quarterback who was good for five years than continue to searching for one who could be good for 10 years. Well, I think that anytime Can we just get Aaron Rodgers for not us, not Aaron Rodgers, but say like, wouldn't you just want a small window of that person, not the entire thing? Like, if we could just get him and win mm-hmm. a Super Bowl, or I think know. that the, I mean, I think no, that the Colts man, dude, like I, all of Peyton Manning's tenure. The, the I'm I'm, you know? I, I'm just not a fan of Lamar Jackson in Carolina. I'm sorry. I know I might sound crazy to some people. I don't want to give up the draft picks necessary to go and get him. Then I don't want to give him no, all the crazy amount, the crazy amount of uh, of Money. salary cap that we're gonna have to guarantee him to to you know for him to come to Carolina. It, it, it's just not worth it to me, man. And he's one and three in the playoffs. If he's even healthy, he's been injured the past two years. While in the playoffs, I, I'm sorry. I just think that the the top quarterbacks in the NFL, I, I just don't put him on the level of a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow, even a J- dude. I would even take Jalen Hurts at this point over Lamar Jackson. Would you take a Jalen Hurts over Deshaun Watson? I would say uh, yes. I, I I think that they're on the. I would say yes. From what we've seen them do, I think they're on the same level. If you're going to make the argument of longevity, Greg, like let's get a decade out of this person, this and that. I think that's the Lamar is sitting here going, look, this guy is a bigger risk than I am. And he got paid bank with Deshaun. So I like, I understand Lamar's position here. No, it's a money argument, dude. It's a money argument. And if you, how many people on the Friday free for all and all these shows talk about how mad tepper made by giving that big deal to matt rule but well if they're mad about that deal with matt rule then you know they're mad at the browns for giving that deal to watson with all of that baggage because that's lamar that's what lamar is saying is i'm in that tier of a player i don't have that baggage i've been just as successful what i'm saying is this is He's less. What, do you think uh, he's less risky or more risky than Deshaun Watson? But see, gotta... it, it, it's, it's not even about comparing him to Deshaun Watson. It's that there were a bunch of NFL teams that were trying to compete for Deshaun Watson's services. One of them was the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun did not want to be a Cleveland Brown. He told he them no. Took, he was if three first-round picks, Cody. If y'all remember, the, the Browns were the first team out of the conversation right. for Deshaun. But what ended up happening, they pissed off Baker Mayfield, and they were left holding their nutsack in their hands. So, yes. therefore, therefore, they had no other option 
but to give Lamar, uh, but to give Deshaun all that guaranteed money and guaranteed contract. It doesn't mean, dude. I don't think that Josh Allen or Joe Burrow are going to get the type of guaranteed dollars that Deshaun uh, Watson did from Cleveland. Why? And if I'm not giving it to those two, then I'm damn sure not giving it to Lamar. All right. Well, I agree with that 100. I agree with that 100. I think the Browns, but when we talk about how expensive Lamar Jackson would be as an acquisition for any team, he's sitting here looking at the money, the, Browns, the Texans got all them first round picks for it, this and that. I'm just saying, I'm almost wondering just about the money with Lamar, not the pick acquisition. So it sounds like people in the chat would rather trade up and not have the salary cap deficit that would come with a top tier player and have the risk of a young player with the picks that you would give rather than picks and money for Lamar Jackson. And I don't disagree with that. But if we were close, if we were closer to being over, like, man, it could help. Yeah, dude, I can't believe the chat room is trying to debate Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen. Oh, yes, you should be able to. Josh Allen's in the playoffs every single year, is 15 pounds heavier, cannon for an arm, May not be as fast, but just as mobile and far more durable. Like a, I'm well, sorry, this jo- year in the la- at the end, dude. Josh he's Allen perfect. is a bet. I'm not saying he's been perfect. He's been better than Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry, that, I agree. And that they're gonna have one, to pay him, right? That one MVP season doesn't automatically make you better than a quarterback that has been to the playoff the last. Four years in a row? Like, come on. That just makes no Do sense. Do you think Josh Allen will command? He should. That's what I'm actually arguing well, for. Well, he's been paid. That he, they've already negotiated his deal? Yeah. Okay, the, two, okay. the, the two big names up now are Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. And they're both going to command. Joe Burrow should be the – he deserves the number one out of those two names. You guys keep telling me Joe Burrow is just as accomplished as Josh Allen, and he is more accomplished than Justin Bur- uh, than uh, whatever the kid uh, Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow is cold as ice. He should be the top paid quarterback in the league. What do we got next in the news? Where are we at? I don't even know what we're we were talking uh, about. Lamar. What's next up in the show? We're but no, now now we're uh, we're on to. The news. Shout out to our guy, the Bat Daddy, for these awesome new bumper intros that he makes for us. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Yeah, Commanders have released Carson Wentz after one season so what this would be carson's fourth wherever he ends up playing next year that'll be his fourth team in the nfl right no uh philly yes yes yes, correct yeah so this freaked out carolina panther fans immediately because of the relationship between frank reich and um and uh carson wentz when they were at the Eagles in that MVP run where they ultimately won the Super Bowl without him, Frank Reich was reportedly 
what quote stuck his neck out for Carson Wentz to come to the um, Colts, which I know if you look at some of the like decisions he made and some of the fumbles is problematic, but he was like 26 and seven, like way better than any Panthers quarterback has been in a while. Um, And then the internet has freaked out when they saw this, that maybe this could come back to the Carolina Panthers. And I would say this, I don't think Frank Reich can do this period. Even if he wanted to do this, I don't think he can hitch his wagon in any moment to Carson Wentz. Even if he thought that it was better than Derek Carr, even if he thought it was better than Sam Darnold. I just don't think if I'm Frank Reich, I can continue to rely on. It just would hurt his rep right now too much. Yeah, I mean, listen, he uh, he got a lot of flack for betting on Carson Wentz the first time around to the point where he even said that it was a mistake uh, after they failed to make that playoffs that year when he did have Carson Wentz on the team. So, no, I think everybody's looking at this as a brand-new leaf on life or a brand-new lease on life here in Carolina. I know people are worried about this. I do not see them bringing Carson Wentz to Carolina. Nah, it's That's, too risky. It's just, you know what, too, there's no reward for it. No. Too, only risk. I would be, we're, we're, we're talking Sam Darnold, baby. Let's go. Uh, what's next? In the news, in the NFL news, what is next? The commander, it's probably a lot of commander stuff here. I'll pay. Uh, commanders place franchise tag on Pro Bowl defensive tackle, uh, Deron Payne for the 2023 season. And the defensive tackle is going to be a focus for the Carolina Panthers going forward temporarily. Well, not even temporarily, but we are going to be wondering about this transition from a four, three to a three, four. You're going to be wondering what the role is for um, Derek Brown. What, what you want to see the future being for Brian Burns, Frankie Louvu, and the defensive tackle market. is going to be interesting. This is actually somewhere you can make some noise in free agency on the low key and get better as a team. Right. So if you want to draft a defensive tackle, I mean, it's going to take a little time. It's going to take a little time. The defensive tackle market is not cheap, though, right now. Isn't Leonard Williams for, I don't know what his status is with the Giants. Wasn't he a defensive tackle? Deron Payne. Then you got all the Eagles guys are going to be wanting to get paid. Um, What does this tell us ultimately about the commanders? And boy, do they have question marks around their quarterback position and they're drafting like, I don't even know when they're drafting, Cody. Wait, what team you said? The commanders? The commanders, yeah. Like, so they're uh, tagging, they're tagging a defensive tackle, right? So like, is they're going to try to either negotiate with him, trade him, or just get one year out of him. And they don't have a quarterback, the defensive tackle market in free agency might be inflated this year is what I'm saying is it might be a little more expensive than you want it to be in free agency. But doesn't this just kind of speak to what Ron Rivera does? 
Yep. You know, so signs, amen, amen. signs, guys, uh, well, not necessarily on the offensive line, but on the defensive line and guys that are going to stuff the line in the front seven. Like, that's what Ron Rivera is known for is making sure that his front seven on defense is solid. So I, I think it's right in his wheelhouse, you know? No, I think that is, and I mean, we don't want to go too deep in, or chase too many squirrels across the Panthers universe, Greg. But like yeah. uh, that's what a lot of people are talking about when it comes to Eric Bieniemy taking the commander's job. Is there's a question mark about their quarterback? You got Ron Rivera, who looks like a lame duck right now. And actually, we didn't put this in the slideshow or the Google slideshow or whatever. We try to make it look fancy. But the uh, the Jeff Bezos was blocked by Rob. What is his name? Rob uh, uh, Dan Schneider Dan Schneider. Yeah. Rob Schneider, not the comedian. Dan Schneider says he wants to, if he's going to be forced to sell the team, he's going to f- sell it to anyone, but fucking Jeff Bezos, which <laughs> yeah, is incredible. <laughs> he's going to be like this is I'm going to take, 700 million less just because I'm mad at Jeff Bezos and the Washington Post for fucking creating this mess. Dude, now the uh now the other people in his ownership group are trying to oust him. It, it's a it's a big deal, man. He do you want Jeff Bezos to be an owner? I do. I mean, uh, what how does it benefit us? Yeah, I was say I don't think it really changes anything. I just think it helps the world. Why? The richest commander. It helps. It helps. No, he's not. I think. So do you want Elon Musk to buy a team too? Then no, I don't like Elon (laughs) Musk. I think this is that. Imagine if Bezos was your owner. Like, would you be getting beers brought to you by like a little Amazon drone? I just feel like if he was the owner of my team that fucking uh, stadium experience would be chef's so, kiss i would hope they're saying like, the washington commander's three minority owners alleged dan snyder committed bank fraud in securing a 55 million loan without board approval the nfl made it go away and now a federal grand jury is looking into it there's another story cody floating around that he used the commanders as his personal piggy bank and he had them pay a t- I don't know if it was a sign company or something that he owns another company they paid 4.5 million dollars for yeah. the logo design <laughs> so he was like this which actually you know what I'm rooting for him on this is that he was like I'm trying to show the NFL owners that I didn't make very much money last year so I'm going to overpay for this logo imagine being that graphic designer he's gonna be like he comes to you goes i want you to write the bill for 4.5 million dollars your fees will be 900 say this one design for my airplane is going to be six hundred twenty thousand dollars, and then i'm going to take the rest and help my other business survive by overcharging my other business and fucking all the owners in the NFL. I like he's this a, guy. He's, he's a my wild dude. boy. He's a he's wild boy. And 
he doesn't want to go out silently. Uh, it says, according to his former partners, Dan Snyder used the team as his personal piggy bank, including charging the team $4.5 million to put its logo on his private jet. That's a pretty big number, both for declaring personal income, if done, and the cost of logo inscriptions. He better have owned a logo company. If he did that, that's gangster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like to show the NFL you didn't make anything. Last year. It's like when you do your taxes, you want to show that you just broke even. He wanted to tell the NFL, he's like, oh, tough year. I spent yeah. Well, and, and graphic designers are expensive as fuck. Here's the thing, too, Tony. Like, you got to think about this. We're talking about Bezos and, like, uh, you know, anybody else, uh, Elon, people like that buying a team. These guys, Jerry Jones, Snyder, like all these guys, Tepper, these owners, they're not far behind those guys as far as money. I'm goes. done with most. So, we're, we're not talking about too much. Like, these are all insanely rich guys. So, I mean, I like I Bezos more than Musk. By like a million times. I'm okay. t- exhausted by Elon Musk. And I will. I think we have to pay for the blue check. For the. For this. For our Twitter. For the show. Is that I have. It really the engagement. Has dropped. So much. On Twitter. And I really believe that it's the algorithm, right? But I mean, it's just small stuff. I don't need people to be following me and stuff like this. But I saw them one of the best tweets in the history of my life last night. And I commented, I said, this is going to reset the internet. And it had like 30,000 retweets. It had, you know what I mean? Like it was like one of these, you would have gotten two or three or four likes from somebody trolling the replies six months ago. You know, I yeah. really think, I mean, it's, there is. So I just finally, I think we're going to have to just pay the eight bucks. I yeah, mean, might have to. I mean, just, just so we know, like everybody complained about Twitter doing it, but now I believe Facebook and one other social media, like one of the big, one of the other big social medias is doing it too. To You can pay to be verified. Oh so no. Instagram, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, how about that? You know what? And fuck yeah. Thank God I didn't invest my energy on them. Elon Musk is way funnier than Bezos, so I like me. Oh, Elon Musk, no, he's way smarter too. He's a snake oil salesman. He's way smarter. Okay, okay. What? Uh, Jeff Bezos is. Jeff Bezos makes his his drivers piss in cups and doesn't give them bricks and shit. I don't know. They're billionaires. They don't give a fuck about any of us. Exactly. I'd rather I'd rather don't for my then. team to no. be owned by Bezos than Musk. And Ant, I promise you that. Yeah, Boots not concerned with the ant it steps on, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, they so, don't give a shit. So man. you would rather? Would you rather have Tepper or Bezos, or Tepper or Musk? I'd rather have Tepper than Bezos, but I really wow. don't care to be honest with you. They're all just rich millionaires, man. I like Musk more than Bezos. But I really don't care who owns the team. It, it's wow. so little. It's just about how much they want to spend on their coaching staff, basically. I mean, that's really Musk all. Musk is the, annoying at this point. It's just, I mean, is it maybe he's just artistic. Or is it, or is is it just, artistic out there? But is it him that's annoying, or is it the fact that everybody keeps bitching about him? So therefore, you're never allowed to stop hearing about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like, you just should have fucking like, done something cooler than Twitter. 
Like it's like the, Twitter, him buying Twitter just turned out to be a billionaire kind of like, uh, like fine. Like I, like you told somebody you couldn't come. Like imagine if you went to a restaurant and they said you have to have a coat and a tie or something to get in. And he shows up there and he's like, fuck it. I'm not getting a coat. I'm not getting a tie. I'm just buying the restaurant. Bezos is just, I mean, uh, Iron Man or Bruce Wayne does that. We think it's cool. Wait, that's just, just a so movie. Know. That's just a movie. I think Musk has just become annoying. Kanye was cool for a while and he became annoying. But that's what I'm saying. It's because everybody's bitching about him all the time that therefore you can't help but hear about him because mm-hmm. he responds to people. Yeah. Like, you know, if people talk shit about him, he'll say something back to him. Whereas Bezos is fucking in the background and in a secret yeah. bunker. Bezos is. Bezos paid his ex-wife $500 million, million, and he's still, or whatever, $500 or whatever the fuck. It was something crazy. When it comes to Bezos, though, is that when Musk, he didn't even come out of that Johnny Depp thing looking cool. You smash Johnny Depp's girlfriend or whatever. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't Remember somebody... the whole the incident with the Johnny Depp and the Amber Heard? No. Well, I remember the trial, but I don't remember yeah. anything about Musk in it. Musk and Amber Heard, I think, are, were together. Oh, I mean, good for him. Dude, he's definitely He didn't yeah. even come out looking cool there. He's a... All right, next on the news. <laughs> he's annoyed, man. I hear you. Hey, I get it. He's just very t- too weird. I get it. Uh, Leonard Fournette. Parting way with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, after he has requested to be released. I think Leonard Fournette has had a better career than I expected after the first two years. I thought when we were picking between him and Christian McCaffrey, I wanted that hammer. I thought Leonard Fournette with his physicality was going to be the next Bo Jackson or something. Kind of Maybe not Bo Jackson. That's not right. But just a beast of an ass dude. And he goes to Jacksonville and struggles in those first two years. Injuries. And then injuries. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's some different, like, and then Christian McCaffrey's excelling. I just think, you know, congrats to Leonard Fournette for keeping his career together after a lot of challenges in the beginning. Yeah. He reminds me of like a, um, a Jerome Bettis type player. Like you want this guy to be able to pound it in five yards in. Beyond that, he's not much of a running back. Like he's not, he's more, he's just a power back now in his age. And it's not much of a power back. Based yeah. On how old even he is, that. So, yeah. Even that. What's Dude, next? Uh, his, uh, his, what Risby said, his college film. Dude, at LSU, mm. he was unstoppable. I know. I know. And I actually awesome. watched him. So my brother's a diehard LSU fan. So I was watching Leonard Fournette. Before I ever thought the Panthers had a chance at him. So yeah, he was he was a beast. No, I wanted us to pick Leonard Fournette over Christian McCaffrey. But didn't Fournette go right before McCaffrey? Like we didn't have the option. He, went number, he right. went number four to Jacksonville. He did. And then number seven, seven, we went CMC. But in, if I was gonna redraft, I would pick Christian McCaffrey every time. Oh, yeah. Leonard Fournette. oh yeah. Easy. Wasn't Saquon in that? Draft no, no, that was no, um, after next year. Two years, I think. Yeah. yeah uh, ben- next up, Bengals GM Duke 
Tobin shoots down ridiculous T. Higgins trade rumors. Go find your own receiver. I love this story. All righty then. Um, first is that like is that this is the time where everybody wants to talk trades, and T. Higgins is going into the final year of his deal, and you got Jamar Chase, and you know he's a boss. You got the best. You got to have a bunch of money for your quarterback. But I think right now the Bengals ha- are in a position to be what every single team, if they could like arc, um, be an architect of their beginning, right. Would they would be searching for this moment. That is uh, the best quarterback on a rookie deal with two great receivers, a defense that's gotten better. Is I think the Bengals are in a win now moment. Agreed. So why the fuck would they want to trade T. Higgins? Like, let's just go win the Super Bowl next year, and then we'll talk about all this shit. T. Higgins, you won't be part of the conversation after that, sad, because Jamar Chase is around and Joe Burrow is ice fucking cold. They're, yeah. they're in a win now joint. They're like, what the fuck? Why would they trade him? They have to be able to pay him, man. You're going to have to pay Joe but Burrow. The next like, year. The next year. No, like, let's is, just go try to win the Super Bowl. But Imagine me, if the Bengals won the Super Bowl next year, dude. They could just, right. like, quit. But they don't have a fifth-year <laughs> option for T. Higgins. Who gives a so fuck? They're going to have to pay Joe Burrow. They're going to have to pay Jamar Chase. And remember what you said. Now these owners, if they're going to give money, they have to be able to put that money in an escrow account to prove that they have. It's been like and that. the Bengals owner, it, I mean, listen, the Bengals, yeah, are, the, Bengals, the Bengals are not a team that can just throw around a ton of guaranteed dollars. So You're not listening yeah. to my point, though, Cody, is that we're not extending T. Higgins this year. Because you we're not extending more. him next year, but he is the best number two receiver besides Jamar you. Chase. He's, He's already the in the one. offense. You have chemistry with him. Why don't you just do this? Is like, hey, we're going to finish this year with you, and we're not going to be able to afford you. So what if we won a Super Bowl? What would that do for your free, free agency stock? Right. Let's go but- rock with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow in a better Cincinnati Bengals defense. And let's win the fucking Super Bowl this year. Let's not worry about getting a third round pick for this motherfucker. Uh, so we'll be better in three years. No, Look, I mean, I T-, T Higgins is in the same position that um, Juju Smith Schuster was in when he had Antonio Brown. Like he's a good receiver, but because he has another guy that everybody fears, he's never going to be covered, which is the reason why I say Hopkins best choice would be to go to Minnesota. Can you imagine if Hopkins went to Minnesota? You're never going to get double covered ever, ever, ever. And if you do, T Higgins is way better than Juju. Well, I, I'll give you that. I think he's better than Juju, uh, but, but he's in the same kind of position where he's he's. Well, I think T Higgins is number one. Juju is a, a, a borderline number one, but because he's playing with the guy on the other side, that's going to get doubled, sometimes tripled. His numbers are going to look so much better, and he's going to have so much better time. I think that that they they like you said, Tony. I think they run it with the Super Bowl with this team one time, try to get it at least one time. Then after that, there's no way yeah. you separate Burrow and Chase. No, no never, no. Yeah, like, I agree. I don't think Chase wants to go anywhere other than catching balls from Burrow. 
is maybe Let's just rock these two good receivers and win the Super Bowl next year yeah. would be my advice if I was the Bengals. Part of this type of season, uh, this time of year, that we have owners' meetings and the owners get together at the combine. And here is there are four rules that are being suggested uh, to change. Now they're never. It's very hard, I think, and rarely. If there's four of these, like I would, th- I would be surprised if one of them got adopted, right? So we'll talk about all four real quick. These are the four rule suggestions. Third quarterback rule: teams would be allowed to carry 47 active active players on game day. The extra player would have to be a quarterback. Clearly, this rule came up after the 49ers ran out of quarterbacks against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So these teams are put in precarious situations. I wonder why why is the NFL so why do they keep their roster so tight in some ways? This is why don't you just say we're gonna have a fifty eight man roster and one salary of them has cap. to be a quarterback? Salary cap. When you when you increase the roster, you have to increase the salary cap. And the salary cap only goes up by how much money you make. So okay. that means they're gonna have to cut money out of their pocket to be able to pay more players, and that's not gonna happen. Uh, Cody, why don't we just adopt this rule and just say that your practice squad quarterback has to play if everybody gets dead? <laughs> yeah, I'm down for it. I like that. Or you know what? Do you like they do in hockey? You know, in hockey, they have a designated goalie in every home stadium. Bro, it's and the strangest the, if, thing if ever. The goal, yeah, if the goalie is injured for either team and they don't have the a second goalie, one, you the have second to go, one. Yeah, you have to go in and play goalie for that team. It's you know, a dude in the crowd. It's you a sit dude in the stands. In the crowd. And, yeah, you sit in the stands and watch the games. And if your number's called, you suit up and go play. So for either team. They should do that in the NFL. Cody doesn't know anything about this, but hockey is this game that's cooler than soccer and it's on ice. And it's like basketball with physicality. Yeah. That's and um they only dress two court uh two goalies. Like they can only keep two goalies. And if for some reason all the goalies get hurt, there is a guy that they have it's a third, it's an independent party, Cody. Right. <laughs> he's not on any of the teams. He's not on the Panthers. He's not on the Saints. It would just be like Josh McCown. Like if we had an old quarterback just sitting around. Yeah. And it was like <laughs> Vinny Testaverde come out here. So the Carolina Hurricanes got put into this position. I think it was in a playoff game, too. Last year, yeah. No, two, it's two years ago well, it's two now. two years ago. Okay. That's insane, dude. The Zamboni, the guy that drives the Zamboni. Was the went goal- and they and won. Was the goalie, and they won the game, dude. <laughs> yeah. But did they win because of him, or did the other Well, guess what? They well, I, mean, I don't he, give he a fuck. They didn't lose. Him. It's the most yeah, important fucking position <laughs> in the whole game, dude. It's yeah, not yeah. like... He didn't lose, that's for sure. He won hockey that game. So crazy to me, man. Hockey is crazy. I love hockey. A third. So um, me, the man. next rule is this: is fourth and fifteen alternative to the onside and kick. Onside kick. I love teams. This. Teams would have the option to convert a fourth and fifteen from their own twenty-five yard line. This rule is being used in the XFL, and one team actually converted play in week one. So, do you want to have onside kicks or fourth and 15 from your own 25? You could literally, if you're a team like Kansas City, never let the other team have the ball if this is the case, to be truly honest with you. You okay. could score and go for a fourth and 15 and get it. 
score, go for fourth and 15 and get it. Like you could dominate. You could have all 60 minutes of playtime in the game. If you're, if you play it right. I love it. I just would wonder what would be more exciting because onside kicks do feel so um, like such a long shot that it's like, it's like unfair. You know, it's like, oh, tell you it's what, like when they do make them, it's pretty fucking spectacular, though. It's true. It's cool. It's so far fetched, though. It rarely happens. It would be like if, like, you went up to a boxer, like Mike, T- and he was like, "I will let you punch me in the face as hard as you can, and you might hurt me, but I get to slap you if you don't. <laughs> if you don't, and like, it's like." God, the odds. I mean, I guess you might be able to catch this motherfucker. Well, no, but think about it. Second. If if you stop, if you stop the fourth of fifteen, you have the ball on the twenty-five yard line. Like you're right. In, it's, it's game an automatic over. Three points. It's an automatic three points. No, no, I think Should it's be. on your own. Wait, if you no. stop. Oh no, for the defense. Right for the defense. Yeah, if you yeah, don't, it's convert, game over. If you, you don't convert that fourth and yeah. what is mm-hmm. a, a bigger long shot converting a fourth and fifteen or an onside kick? Onside kick. Yeah. 100%. How many times do we see fifteen yard passes completed in the NFL? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'd like to see this rule come about. Roughing the pass. This is the rule I want the most. Agreed. Roughing the passer, reviewable. Everything rule, should be reviewable. Yeah. The rules proposed by the Rams. It's a simple one. Any roughing the passer call can be reviewed. I love it. I agree. I think every they rule should be to. reviewable. To be honest with you, if you're gonna if you're gonna make it where, you know, even simply taking down the quarterback is gonna lead to a flag. Yeah, they need to be able to have the option to review. Especially that. if you want them to be liberal in their use of the flags to promote player safety, but mm-hmm. you also want to keep the game fair. So you want them actually throwing the flags, but you want the ability for them to say, hey, we got it wrong just because we want to be more cautious. You don't want the flag to be the final call. Like if you have a shot, I think every play should be reviewable, pass interference, holding every, and, and, and I get it. Holding happens all the time and it doesn't get called, but there are plays that should be, re- imagine if you could review that, Bradbury hold at the end of the Super Bowl. Well, they did, did, did they not? Well, but they couldn't have overturned it. They looked at it, but you no, can't I agree overturn. With you can't overturn a holding or a pass interference. So when it was called, it's called. That's all. I would to like it. to see New York have an orange flag. I've been advocating for this yeah. for years, and that is why we're all watching it. It takes two. We don't need the uh, the referees going over into the fucking hooded thing. Agreed. It's like we're all watching this stuff, and by the time they're lining up for the other play, New York has all the angles. They have people watching. Their stream is faster than ours. Mm-hmm. And if they see something incredibly egregious, I think they should be able to throw the orange flag, which is like, hey, it was a catch. It wasn't a like, – like you said, Greg, any play – should be reviewable, but the pass pass interference in our effort to protect these quarterbacks has had such a big impact too. It's like always in a spot where a guy makes a really good play mm-hmm. and you feel bad. Like the guy that made the good play got flagged. Yeah. That's what's always shitty about this rule. 
Yeah. And I will say too, that while I say that every place should be reviewable, I still think that the coaches should have a limit to what they can, the coaches right. can review like two red flags. I'm cool with that, but you should be able to use that red flag for anything you want to. And yes. there yeah. should be an option. Like you said, Tony, for an orange flag or just anything else for the guys in New York. If they don't challenge this, Hey, we're looking at this. This is completely wrong. Let's make sure we get it right. It, it won't would take probably that long. speed the game up to right football. I think it would speed. Well, I don't know if it speed the game up. It might slow it down a little bit, but who cares? I mean, if I'm watching a four hour game or a four hour and 10 minute game, who cares? Right. I want it to be, I'd rather it be right. I'd rather, I'd rather uh, the Carolina Panthers not get that roughing the passer call at the, at the end of the first game of the season. You know, I'd rather DJ Moore not get that uh, unsportsmanlike conduct call at the end of the game. He took it off outside the end zone. Like all that stuff needs to be reviewable. That's game-changing stuff. Imagine if Carolina won those two games this year, and we go into Tampa Bay where we lost that game to Tampa Bay. We're a game up on Tampa Bay, even losing they that game. Picked, they could have picked up the DJ Moore flag in theory. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, you should be able to review all of that. Now, it should be limited. Like I said, two red flags per coach. you got to pick and choose. I just would but rather have the independent agency run it and just say this is just have the NFL sitting there saying that just doesn't look right. Um, if you were the Panthers' next great quarterback, you have to be better than number one. You have to be better than Cam Newton. This uh, last and final law that's being pro- uh, proposed for the new NFL, I guess, would be zero, the number zero allowed on jerseys. Would you rather wear zero if you were the next great Panther quarterback or a number above Cam Newton's. I almost think I'm a zero. It's like, give me a zero. I love you, Cam. I like the idea of being, being like an agent zero, but at the same time, who cares? Why waste you wouldn't time wear it? Who cares? Well, no, I mean, why fight for it? Like, this is such a like medial thing to fight well, for. Then why does the NFL give have. a fuck about it? Then? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Why fight? So just let them have it. Would you wear the zero? Yeah, sure. I would wear zero because I mean, like I said, agent zero, you know. But okay, it's a basketball term. But Cody, would, would you wear the zero? Yeah, because it'd be like, this is uh this is how many fucks I get when I'm out on the football field. I'm okay. coming to take your okay. lunch. Yeah, I would. All right. Well, that's it for tonight. We have the final segment of the show to go. The ice up picks. We crossed five thousand subscribers on YouTube. We've um. Scratched and clawed over the last 10 years on this podcast uh, to create an environment where you guys all feel a part of the show. You can call in at 252-228-5098 every Tuesday night, live, 9 p.m. We chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. But ultimately, what I want everyone who is related this to this podcast to think about it as us riding to and fro from the game, having a great time this past week or in this show, we rode to and fro to the combine in Indianapolis. And guess what? We're going to kind of, we're going to reconvene the wagons on Friday uh, with the Friday free for all Cody. And then next Tuesday we can, uh, I guess, uh, maybe pull out to the next expedition reconvening on Friday, watch along on Saturday we got a good week coming up. We definitely do, man. Every Friday is the show for the fans, by the fans. The C3 Friday free for all. 
man, I'm telling you, the cult of free-for-all keeps on growing, man. More and more people wanting to be a part of it. That's where you can join the show via StreamYard every Friday at 7 p.m. right here on the C3 Panthers podcast channel. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be going live on Saturday to uh, look at some of these quarterbacks, man, and, uh, you know, see if we, if, uh, we can gather something from who can run the fastest in their combine underwear, dude. Audio Let's get them in their underwear. Come on now. Let's get to Tony the, definitely does. You know, <laughs> oh what I'm my saying? goodness. Let's get to the longest running segment on the longest running Panthers podcast. It's time to ice some fools up. It's our homage to Steve Smith. Man, Smitty, blood and guts. Let's let society have it. All right. Um, I guess I'll just go first. Again, whenever we share things of a political nature, they're never having really anything to do with politics and more with what a sad state of affairs our country is in with our elected officials. And you know it's another Joe Biden clip, baby. What's Uncle <laughs> Joe fumbling around trying to say this time? <laughs> They asked him if he's planning on traveling to East Palestine, Ohio, where the train derailed and the toxic he's going to Palestine, probably. I said, Yeah, what the hell? What's, what's the problem? Yeah, we can't really, I can't really understand what he's saying. He's basically saying, no, nah, I did a Zoom call, but he couldn't even remember what he was talking about. He couldn't remember the word Zoom. He was like, oh, what's it called? Uh, he what the he's the most oh, honest yeah. politician you've had in a while. His train of thought right. was, was derailed. I like that. Thing. What's the yeah, director was... of uh, transportation, Budacek? Is that his name? Oh, Budacek? Oh, dude, did yeah. you see the clip? They were trying to talk to him. And he just would not answer I, any questions. I just want to say, like I said, I'm not a huge Trump guy because I didn't like the guy. But whenever Trump would walk away from an interview, people would give him hell about it. And I see politicians doing that all the time now. And nobody says shit. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody Cam Newton started this, bro. And y'all all gave Cam Newton shit. And you That's shouldn't true. have. We gave Cam Newton shit. Shouldn't have. I never did. Yeah. No, nah, don't put that on me, man. I've always I know. been with Cam. Fuck all them people, man. Cam Newton, after that Super Bowl, I would have been worse than him. Tony, remember uh, when everybody used to call us just some biased Cam Newton lovers that just couldn't get Cam's job? Yeah, Houston? right. Yeah. But dude, especially Houston? when he was with the team. Cam sexual. Yeah. I haven't heard in a while, Tony. I yeah, am a cam sexual. I haven't heard cam sexual in a while. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we man. will compare every player. Good times. We will compare every quarterback for the Carolina Panthers to Cam Newton until they are better than him. You know, like I mean, that is our last measurement point He's as an organization. But like it's just the it's the best and the last one, you know what I'm saying? As like until there's some, until someone's better than Luke, we're always gonna compare him to Luke. We haven't had a player at defensive end who is better than Julius Peppers, so he will always be the comparison until he's not. 
Um, ice up, toughen up to get it, get it together. Who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go. I got no visuals for this one, but I could explain everything. Uh, I'm going to go back a couple weeks and I'm going to ice up multiple people on multiple levels here. I'm going to start with Tiger Woods. Uh, So a couple few weeks ago, Tiger Woods outdrives his opponent, uh, Justin Thomas, I think, and hands him a tampon (laughs) as he outdrives him, which is cool. Mm. I have no problem with that. That's cool. Little banter between competitors. I have no problem with that. Here's the thing, Tiger. If you're going to finish 45th and the guy you're playing is going to finish tied 21st, maybe you shouldn't do that. That's like being down 28 nothing and scoring a touchdown and then dancing in the end zone. Like, look at the scoreboard, Ben. Like, it really doesn't matter. Um, so, I'm icing up Tiger Woods for that, even though I, like, in competition, I would probably do that too. So, I don't have a problem with the actual act. It's just the mo- timing in which he did it. Like, you outdrove a guy one time. The drive is the least important shot in an entire golf game. So, cool. You outdrove him. So I'm icing up for that. I'm also icing up people who are getting on to Tiger about this, saying that it's uh, it's, it's against feminism and that it is uh, – or not against yeah, – it, it, it's um, – what's the word I'm looking for? That it's uh, – they're trying to make it where he's like an evil guy or like saying something that he shouldn't be doing because he gave a tampon. And a Chauvinistic. Tampon. Chauvinistic. There he goes. Wait, like I just want people to get over this. Like seriously, this goes back. We should to just whole... be talking shit about him making this lame ass exactly, joke. Exactly, it's man. just so lame. It's like well, Tiger it, it, used to be oh, smashing all these prostitutes and fucking crushing <laughs> golf, exactly. and now you're making tampon jokes on the back nine and barely making the cut. Well, it it goes back to the whole thing with like uh, uh what's his name, Perry Bradshaw and and uh, Andy Reid in the Super Bowl, and he tells him he's like waddle waddle on over here, you know, in the Super Bowl, and everybody got pissed off and wanted Terry Bradshaw to get fired. For saying waddle over here. Stop worrying about what other people's feelings are. Seriously. Worry about your feelings. Terry Bradshaw telling his friend to waddle over here affected nobody. The same way Tiger Woods handing a tampon to a guy who just drove affected nobody. Everybody stop worrying about other people's feelings. And I promise you, you'll be a whole lot happier. So to the people who wanted uh, Terry Bradshaw fired and are pissed off about uh, Tom, or not Tom Brady, uh, Tiger Woods doing this. I suck. Like, it's ridiculous. Nobody is hurting you. Stop worrying about other people's feelings. All right. My ice up picks. Well, ice up. Uh, you should go read. I'm listening to it right now. Uh, the coddling of the American mind. And it's actually about some things you're just talking about there. Um, my ice up picks go to a couple. Number one is Anthony B. Jordan, who is like, the biggest star in the last 10 years. You mean Michael B. Jordan? Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Yeah. Jordan. I said Anthony B. Jordan. I was talking about myself. <laughs> talking about Anthony Joseph Dunn. Michael B. Jordan, who is like the biggest star. He's like Leonardo DiCaprio type star. You know what I'm saying? Great like actor. he's yeah. right. He's just got everything right now. Perfect for action movies. Perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like he can mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah. Kind of like what Will Smith was in the around 2000 or something. Yeah. Um, the top of the top. So he's on the red carpet or no, wherever he said, he's, where is this? I don't even know what this event is in the background. I want to overplay it. We got Michael. Whatever. Oh, it's the Creed three premiere. And he went to boarding school with this girl. And now she's interviewing him and being all nice and in the past in the in the past she had been shitting on him 
she said something to the effect of is like uh like he, he was weird or something like that and he was like oh i remember that so i said to her who has to deal with her little she was throwing some shade on somebody and then he turned out to be the biggest motherfucker in the world which I think is great. Well, and then it turned out that it wasn't even her. It was her oh, co-host. No. Yeah, it was oh. her co-host. <laughs> now I said to me. I said to me. Corny. That's what it but was. Dude, it's just, it just goes to show that when you're growing up and you have people that doubt you, dude, you'll never forget a name. Right. When you know there was that one person that shit on you or said something you didn't like or didn't believe in you, and then you finally get to that point, you're like, yeah, bitch, and what? Yeah, look where I am now, man. So My everybody's best. got a little bit of pain, even if you're yeah, super I agree. famous, you know? I agree. Um, My next ice up goes to the people that make, uh, well, whatever, I guess, who does, what does Smith, Smith and Wesson make? They make, like, all types of the Colts, maybe. Well, no, they make, like, some of the most iconic guns. This isn't just a random company. Smith no, and no, Wesson puts it on, yeah, right. Um, so this guy, Frank Fred Gutenberg, who his poor, uh, his daughters were either one or two of them were killed in one of these mass shootings. So it's ter- so he has devoted his life to gun regulation, things like this. So he calls out this Smith and Wesson tweet. Oh my god. Um. About it was like uh they're so they're putting out a social media marketing campaign about the AR-15 that they make, and if you look at the picture they put, the guy's wearing a Proud Boy shirt, and it's like so these guys they're like some social media asshole, which we're in that business of media, right? So I mean, like you don't want to be. So this person was like, "Oh, look, this guy's got tattoos on his arm." He's going to carry this AR-15. And uh, look, it's our AR-15. Let's make it a social media. Oh, look, it's the story of the day. And then somebody points this out. But this is what his the ice up comes from, is that somehow they went and tried to change it all. And they tried to just, they just cut, <laughs> they kept the same picture. <laughs> but they just cut the top out so it wasn't, so I just think this is wild that it's like, first of all, I think it just sucks. I mean, this is an unfortunate thing that some mm-hmm. person was not probably not paying attention, did not know. But then like the, I'm icing up the try to fix it part. Like yeah. you should just delete the picture and put something different up. Not yeah. just delete. <laughs> like you just put a, well, you know, it's like may, they may as well just blurred his t-shirt thing. It's like, we don't own the rights to proud boy. So, uh, ice up. I get it. Can I just say too, to that Fred Gutenberg, whoever his response. And I, and I feel I am terribly sorry that, that what it says for response looks like his daughter was killed by an AR 15. Two of them. It it, it, it sucks. So if your daughter was in a car, his, his school, his kid, his daughter was killed at Parkland. Jamie, his daughter was killed in a mass Parkland shooting. Parkland in Winston-Salem? Right here where I'm at? No, the, the no Parkland, the major school shooting. Oh, okay. I hate so that. I, re- I really, really do. But, like, you're going to take out an aggression on Smith & Wesson? Like, so if if somebody you love is killed in a car accident, are you taking an aggression out on Toyota? 
I think it's this, this all I'm saying. This, this group. All right, we're gonna move on from this one. Yeah. Um, this one I don't like. This guy. He says this really, and in, really interesting that Will Smith wasn't invited to present Best Actress while Mark Wahlberg is presenting the Ensemble Award to a film with a predominantly Asian cast when he punched and nearly blinded a Vietnamese man. Um, I'm not trying to say that Mark Wahlberg should, what his actions in the past were good or condoned or anything like this, but this is just creating a conflict scenario. What the fuck does Mark Wahlberg have to do with a mistake he made 20 years ago with one that was made actually at the event we're talking about last year. Right. And so I just feel like it is, this is group identity politics here. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not trying to say that. I mean, so Mark Wahlberg made a mistake in his past, but Will Smith made a mistake yesterday at this place. So anyway, I, I, ice up I to them. Yeah. I'll get in trouble. I can't comment. Yeah. Ice up to them. <laughs> and I think that was all I got. Oh, can I show you the funniest thing I've ever seen on the internet recently? Sure. I hope I don't get in trouble for this. This is, I, mean, I laugh. Oh, well. I laugh. So this Kodak Black, this is the best tweet. Hold on. It's like the best tweet in the history of the world for me. I laugh so much about this shit. The Kodak Black is at this basketball game. A man says they look like two newly defrosted cavemen. <laughs> look at this. Look at this. I just thought of Encino Man's. <laughs> Can I can I show you well, how it is? the funniest shit I've ever seen. I thought it was gonna be like I thought this dude the fact that he had the the food in his lap. Oh, and he, took it, he like, dude, took a bite even, out of it. Like he even, grabbed dude, look at that. He was like the best video. I love this video. I thought this was gonna be very, very different. Yeah. I hope uh, we don't get canceled for this, but man, I just thought of Encino Man. This is just a reboot of Encino Man. Go back and watch that. And it's a Polly Shore movie with the guy who was the whale guy. Who's the guy that Brendan Fraser Brendan was Fraser. in that? Yeah. He was the caveman that was thawed out. <laughs> and take him to the bed. Look at this yeah. look he gives right here. Bro, this dude, the funniest <laughs> it, <laughs> so dude, awesome. listen to me. if you want to see the funniest shit in the world, look right. up Sunday conversation with Kodak Black. It's Caleb Presley from Barstool Sports, him and his buddy uh Glenny Balls, and they just have random conversations with people. Say and it they, say it again. What am I I'm gonna write it down? Sun, I have to no, write it down. Sunday Sunday conversation right. with uh, with Kodak Caleb Black. Yeah, with Caleb Presley and look up his interview with Kodak Black. Dude, and Tony, if you haven't looked up Caleb Presley yet, are uh, you in for a, yeah, good, thank you. A, a, a deep dive? Dude, he's one of the funniest interviewers I have ever seen in my entire fucking life. Oh my God. Every dude, recommendation so, you have made has been good. So I cannot. Dude, you're going to love Caleb Presley, dude. He's so funny. Um, that's it. Like, that's not even an ice up, man. Those dudes have more fun than anybody. 
that tweet and this, you know, my actually here's my final one. My final tweet goes to Elon Musk. Who, by That's the way, I, is once again the richest person in the world. I just yes, saw that. Yeah, I told you. Um, I just think this is Twitter has been my our domain our domain for this show for the entire. 10 years like is that's like i got up i got on twitter and it was fun because i only followed panther fans like i directed that is our bread and butter when it comes to social media right and i feel like we're just gonna have to play pay for the blue check because it really is interaction is just down and it's just i just think it's algorithm at this point Mm, I, don't oh, know, I don't like Elon Musk right now. That's my thing. I think Twitter has gotten worse since he took over. I've and also, I don't really care about the dynamics in the background. I think the product has not been as good. And I don't want to be so fucking crazy with people like, oh, he ruined Twitter, this and that. But the product was simple and good before. And now it's a mess. I don't know. I, to me, it still feels like the same old Twitter. I've been working on just putting Twitter away. Like, whenever I get that urge, oh, I need to put something out on Twitter. Nah. You know, I actually don't. What do we got left? That's it, right? That's it. We're done, man. We are donezo. Um, C3 Panthers podcast. Hit 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're not the biggest podcast been on the streets the longest just passing them hand to hands man just been that corner work oh i feel like i'm in the wire trying y'all to listen to this podcast Five thousand subs we appreciate it you can call in throughout the week at 252-228-5098 get on twitter at cat underscore chronicles prove to me the algorithm is not the problem Let's get ready for this combine. Cody Lack, how can they get after you? What are we doing in the next couple of days? Yeah, find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. And then, um, yeah, this Saturday, we're probably going to go live when the quarterbacks are throwing. Um, And listen, we want to do it for the quarterbacks. That Saturday is going to be the longest day. It's going to go from like 1 to 9 or something like that. So I believe the quarterbacks are going first. I believe. Yeah, we're there for the quarterbacks, baby. We ain't interested. Yeah, in that's that. what I'm saying. So it, it, it'll either be sometime around one or four that we're going to go live on Saturday. And we'll uh, do a little bit of a watch along and uh, check out what these quarterbacks do at the combine, baby. And maybe Tony will be able to stop saying that he doesn't care about this. Maybe this year. Yeah, my big Tony fear is that you're going to act. That's my big fear, Cody. Don't fear. Come to the No, my big side, fear Tony. is that I fall uh, like I fall in love with somebody. Yeah. No. Hey man, you can't you be hurt if you don't fall in love. Oh man, you just sound Take too dated, out man. You have to Take put yourself out, out there sometime. I, my man. heart's been broken. Cam, I love you. Cam sexual. Take us out of here. C3 Nation. Until next time. Keep pounding.